A word to the wise. We are an explicit podcast tackling content with adult themes as well as entering spoiler territory if you aren't caught up with us. This week, that would be through the third interlude of Jade Legacy by Fonda Lee. Hey there, this is Cross. And I'm PJ. And I'm Ben. And I'm Aaron. And I'm Thomas. And we are Donuts and Dialogue, the weekly podcast <laughs> where we stuff our faces with fried bread to distract us from the horrible sadness inflicted by the book we read. You should think of us as your fattening weekly book club. <laughs> donuts and Dialogue. We That's have good. our donuts. We did. That's good. <laughs> and you Fuck. can't have any. No one let PJ me know. And Aaron, what donuts are you eating today? <laughs> I have a maple uh, frosting cinnamon roll. <laughs> oh, yeah, looks delicious. I like the frosting part. There's so much maple <laughs> smell coming off of it. It smells so good. <laughs> That's why you said your cocktail smelled good just a minute ago. <laughs> I hate everyone. That was a tease. I didn't even get it, and I knew you were doing this. <laughs> I was like, oh, what, what is it? <laughs> ben, what, what are we having? We have chocolate long johns. The log. Long john. And man, it's taken a lot of self-control not to. I got this in the car, and like I was driving over here, I was... I ain't hung over. I'm looking at it like I need to eat this. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture it. Thomas, what's the feature donut? The feature donut is a Boston cream from the bakery. I live above a bakery, and it's Hatsco Mountain Bakery. Not that that really matters to anybody no besides me. No uh, small. We do for the local businesses. I feel like we let it happen. Okay, okay. And it's that's okay. It happens. It's literally the best donut I've ever had. It's incredible. I'm impressed that you worked so hard to get a donut and walked all the way downstairs. I know. I had to go down three times. They were running behind today because they had a ton of people ordering sandwiches. But cheers, everybody. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. I'm having vodka lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) God, Cross, you're such an alcoholic. (sighs) We're all wholesome donut eaters here. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Today is our seventh episode that we'll be talking about chapters 45 through the third interlude in Jade Legacy by Fonda Lee. But we we did all the, the donuts, the cocktail. Donut. I, have a, I have a drink I want to talk about if I can. Oh, sure. It's you not are alcoholic, more than allowed. But I am excited about it. Inspired by, I think, Andrew in the Discord. I'm not sure who it was. I forget now. But he had a chai lemonade Arnold Palmer type thing. And so I oh. made one. I went to the coffee shop by me. Got a chai concentrate, some ice, and uh, limeade that I made. Hand juice, the limes, and all that. And it is really weird, but it's really refreshing and delightful. Nice. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm not a big chai fan, though, but my husband would like that. I like limeade, so I'll give it a shot. It's in, it's the combination's nice because like, it's, a, it's a fancy chai concentrate, so it's like spicy and not super duper duper sweet. So it's good. So I like the earthy and then, ooh, limeade, tart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good mix. It's a fun, exciting mix. Well, I'm happy to be back. I do have to forewarn anyone listening to this that I am still sick. So if I start to like wheeze in the middle of a sentence, I'm I'm very, well, I don't know if I should apologize, but you know what? I'm sorry you have to deal with it. So, Sorry. 
I do want to know, did you listen to the last episode and did you know about the donuts beforehand? I the episode isn't even out yet, so no, I hadn't listened to the last episode. The donuts was a complete surprise. Nice. <laughs> the whole thing he was was a well dying, kept secret. Laughing off camera, yeah. it was funny. Yeah. Uh, on camera, off mic. Yeah, I definitely some of that was picked up. I was watching it go up and down, so you'll definitely hear Hell the yeah. laughter. Yeah, just Discord cutting it out. But before we get too far here, let's talk about the chapters. What do you guys think of this week's reading? Bummer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh, it felt to get people out of like their kidnapping, and that just came crashing down by the end of the week. I don't Which, like the senseless. I'm okay with like a main character dying. I'm not okay with it, but it was even worse than that because he's he's not even a main character. He's just a jadeless kid fucked up dude yeah i felt like the family feels like i was sharing that emotion at the end of that it was just sucked yeah i didn't like any part of that and the anxiety when they were fighting and like knowing something bad was gonna happen they were like he didn't die for anything you know he didn't die for the clan or anything like that it was just just some luck thing it's just tragic now I also hope all the clanless future people die horrible yeah, deaths. Yeah, those motherfuckers. Break all their arms and legs and then their neck. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Barrow still somehow gets away. <laughs> I felt less bad about it this time, but... Well, I thought Barrow was actually gonna... At first I was like, oh, he's gonna help Rue and then we're gonna like... Oh. Barrow's gonna be on our side, but he I didn't really help. Like- and he kind of, wow. he tries. Yeah. He, He's like, he does like, warn him. I think if Toradino was news, like... KK. Yeah, I think if they had like another minute, he probably would have gotten him. Mm-hmm. Maybe not out of there, but like closer to out of there. But it's just, you know, time. Tough. Can also, jade for- overexposure sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't like, <laughs> like having a sunburn and being really itchy, you know? And know. it's kind of yes. like that on 4,000. <laughs> Yeah, I I was completely caught off guard by that use of the forty kilograms of cut jade. I was like, "That's diabolical!" But them shooting everybody and killing everyone—that was badass. True. The dread of like knowing what's coming and knowing what a week is going to look like is so weird. And just like I went into this knowing, just I'm going to quote Alan took it from a knight's tale in this and just say pain mm-hmm. lots of pain yeah yeah this was you know in in the original layout of of episodes this was the one where it's like all right well here comes here comes all the the wash of relief and then the like heartbreak the heartbreak of them all the worstest and you know now I we're think, here and we've got good i think we talked about that right we were like they're gonna it's gonna seem like oh finally like good and then it's just like the worst fucking ending mm-hmm. do you guys ever want us to like end a week on a high note sometime i do ask me fondly <laughs> <laughs> yeah does the book end on a <clears throat> great note? question good news not that much longer <laughs> i hope i hope not i mean you did say you liked the ending no i said it was satisfying i said the i said we're not gonna be here being like 
Oh, she left all these plots dangling. Oh, okay. She kills everybody. (laughs) (laughs) There's no dangling plots when you're dead. She's like, and then a meteor crashes into the earth. The end. (laughs) The the dinosaurs take over. Reverse. Question mark. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. (sighs) I'm sad. Let's get into these chapters. The donuts were Um, supposed to help the sadness. They did. (laughs) Take another shot. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. My doing it helped. And it's gone. Ben seems chipper. (laughs) So, Crossland, this all came Mm -hmm. about during the the scene where Shay and uh, Woon give their daughter fried bread to distract her from the massacre of the mice. So... Mm -hmm. That's where yes. this. We were like, uh, what? I was like, what is fried bread? And then we said funnel cakes. And then it was like, also donut. Because mm-hmm. we were like, imagine just like you could go to a drive through and get funnel cake. That'd be incredible. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you can. It's called a donut. <laughs> you'll you'll hear it when you catch up. Yeah. On this week of Fade City. <laughs> Donuts and dialogue. Clever. Clever. Well done. <laughs> we do need a new logo now, though. We'll need to come out with one for this episode for sure. I do want to say just before we get into these chapters that we do we are doing this a little bit differently. So as opposed to going every other, we've got kind of a particular order this week. With that, let's get into chapter 46, Valuable Things. We pick up with Wen, captured and vulnerable, being moved to a new location by Second Dog and his crew. After facing down the possibility of her death, she finds herself released to the care of Hami Tumashan and Vin, first fist of the clan. We then move to Shay, who proceeds to be locked in chains by a member of the Faltus clan and then brought to a bathtub to be interrogated. There she finds Dudo beaten and similarly bound before both are exposed to terrible amounts of jade. Whew! <laughs> what a what a crazy moment to start the week on, just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just some hard gangster motherfuckers. Was it... It was this chapter, right, where he shoots the taco in the head? Or was that last week? That no, last that's... Week. Yeah, it was last week. Oh, it stayed with me. That was fucking It just up. lived. Yeah. But good thing yeah. when... Good thing they released when, cause, because she was listening and paying attention, she knew that they weren't going to barter and really shay, you know? So good thing she kept her wits about her and was able to like deduce that a, a new plan had to be put in place to save Shay other than like giving them a bunch of cut jade. Yeah. She's yeah. she's really on top of it. Especially like her her sense of like understanding what people are doing and why is really, really sharp right now. Like her intuition about the was it second dog or was it the other guy? The younger like, guy? Junior. Junior. Junior pushing her forward on the bridge. And like he, she can kind of relate to the teenage boy mentality of being like super into something, but not necessarily really feeling it like that strongly or in reality and feeling the shaking of the gun barrel behind her head, like knowing like he's not as hardened as he's trying to present himself. Good example of it. Yeah. 
it, just in general, obviously they don't know the fact that when is spent all of this time as a white rat, but you see that come out even in the way that like Shay doesn't know or pick up on anyone's names or any sort of details at all and can't identify anyone. Meanwhile, when at the very beginning of this chapter knows everyone and has already pieced out all of these different things about people. And I, yeah. I just think that's incredible character writing to keep those as differences. She kind of has also- like a stronger survival instinct because she doesn't have Jade. So then when Shay's without her Jade, she doesn't have those skills because she's used to relying on her Jade, yeah, you know? And she's going through withdrawal mm-hmm. too. Definitely. I'm not talking shit on Shay. I'm just complimenting Wynn. We did that last week. <laughs> now we don't have to anymore. <laughs> There's also, because like it's built up last at the end of last week with when making note in these observations of stuff. And that's just like one of the recurring things that's so powerful about Fonda Lee's writing is she introduces things and it's not like a lot of other writers will introduce a topic or an idea and you're you're kind of like, I wish I could see that. Like, that sounds really fucking cool. But she just, she introduces it and then you see it a couple chapters later for the most part. So like we hear Vin really cool with perception sniping and it's, you know, obviously it pays off later here. But I just thought of that and I didn't want to forget to say it. So I'm bringing it up. The perception kind of sniping was badass. <laughs> yeah, so That's dope. next chapter, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah they yeah. were like sort of similar, and I didn't want to forget. Yeah, that was the um, coolest part. It was. It's definitely really cool. Uh, but Thomas gets to talk about that one. I I really appreciate too that when in this moment where she's crossing the bridge, it has this sort of like fairly radical and honest moment of like, well, if I die, you know, at the very least I got all of these, uh, this extra time. And like her first reflection is that she's lucky because she's already been killed once and to like make it through all of this again. I think, I think it's just a nice reflection from when on like how she values her life. Yeah. As extra years. It's true. They are extra. Cause she legit died. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's not figurative. Yeah. Not like, Oh my God, I, Almost died. Yeah. But these gangsters in the Foltis clan, obviously you guys talked a little bit about them last week and we'll talk about them more. I'm curious what we think about them versus sort of the usual Greenbone clan gangsters, right? So like we've seen a couple of different nations version of what a gangster really looks like. What do you make of the the Barukan proper gangs or the Shatarian gangs rather? Seems more like cartel. They like they're based on the cartel type gangs. To me just with the way they were they seem nastier weren't, weren't these the gangs that like were nailing people to fences and stuff yeah so they really yeah. do feel scary nasty what's the chapter called really bad people or something <laughs> yeah really bad people <laughs> they they still don't feel as like organized and coordinated and sophisticated as the clans do though like there there is that like like panicked aspect yeah and and the lack of the size and reach and like being able to lean on training and and kinship like it still feels it feels more like the the crews than it does the clans yeah it's not like yeah more gang less mafia type vibes and they seem like ignorant because they're like so racist against these ladies and you know they're just like 
it's like they're living in the past when Shatar invaded KCON. They're like still acting like these ladies are less than them because of their race. That's the vibe I got. Yeah. I, I really appreciate those reads. It's just so interesting because we do get so many different over the course of the series, we get so many different looks at different versions of crime families. And I, I think it's interesting to, you know, piece them all out and really see sort of their their contemporary comparisons and then also like what that means for the culture on the whole. And Aaron, I think you're right as well that it's very clear that they're still kind of stuck in that past of Shatarian superiority. Which feels like it has its roots, to me, at the very least, a little bit more closely associated with Russian sort of vibes. I mean, I know it's Egatanian more or less, but there's still some there's still some similarities there. Barukhan dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Friggin' a holes. Uh, I so obviously they release when and we're we count our lucky stars that she makes it across the bridge to Woon. No, no big deal there. But then we cut over to Shay's perspective and that comparison that she makes to Doru in that moment. That's a brutal one to face down as a person, <laughs> just to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> to compare yourself to Doru, whom was a tortured war, uh, God, and just a bad person. But but he got through. Yeah. It. He did. He did. By by every means that he could. I went back and peeled back through Jade War a little bit just in this moment to review that death moment and talking about the way that he had been tortured without his Jade. And I I have to think that the torture that she went through of this overexposure is infinitely worse. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, he got Jade deprived and then normal tortured. Mm -hmm. She just got like... Lucky guy. (laughs) Put into a, a microwave. Yeah. Getting thrown into the sun, but an itchy hay fever sun. Yeah, the way that you could feel that from the descriptions of it. <clears throat> and I really mm-hmm. like like the description when it first started where she was like trying to use all of her techniques to ride it and like control it. Mm-hmm. It just was like overwhelmed, just like busted through and then she was just, you know, laid bare by it. It was it was really cool. I thought that was really well done as a way of just like letting us see how much pain and torture she was under. And one thing that's way different than Doru's experience is she might not be able to wear jade again. Like it might have physical lasting effects, not just mental. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would be recoiling at the description of rocks getting poured into a bathtub right like between but, your toes <laughs> <laughs> but i was here we are i i think even worse to me at the very least and this is something that i didn't really catch in the first time through but the reason that they have all of this jade to begin with is because it was what was asked for for when Mm-hmm. Right. This is that trade that was made. And that's the only reason that they're actually able to torture. And so it also goes to show that this is a more complex and thoughtful operation than we may have thought in the abduction phase. Like this is very clearly and carefully planned out to get this information extracted. And that's brutal. Yeah, it's diabolical. Mm-hmm. Um, our dude Dudo has been messed up too and has been beaten up. Our dude Dudo. I've been waiting to say that for a whole week. You know, I've <laughs> like, I wanted to put that into the notes, but I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I want to give Thomas my joke, but I, I love, I love Dudo so much. 
in the way that he just sort of reacts. And obviously, there's a lot more that goes into this in the next section, but even his his regret and then simultaneously hers in these moments, just like it, it's not it, it isn't Shay's fault, but she blames herself. It is Shay's fault, kind of, <laughs> as mentioned. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not immediately. It's not like all. Not all of those deaths, in the way that she thinks they are, are her fault, and so she owns them all and takes them all personally, of course. But this one, I mean, more than more than some of those for sure. Well said, I think. Yeah. There's also an interesting bit here where when they first bring out all the jade, and this might just be because you know Shay is obviously steeped into the lore of their religion and Bijan and their culture and is a green bone. But she, when they, all the other Baratan and the Faltas, they're like looking at the Jade kind of envious, enviously. She thinks that they're thinking of themselves as like Bijan reborn, <clears throat> reborn if they were to wear all that. I just thought that was interesting because it's like, even though they're Keto Shatarian, like they're still hearkening to the ancient myths tied to Jade. Yeah. Yeah, I do wonder if that's simply like what Shay is putting on their expressions or if Kekko Shatarians have a similar or overlapping mythology. I'm not sure. Did Baijin go to <laughs> Shatar? I think Baijin's he who returned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I'll talk more about Baijin a little bit later because I think it relates to Nico's story. Um, but Baijin in general has he who returned is in reference to the fact that he died and then came back. Do you think Wen is Baijin? I also think Wen is Baijin. I have I have a lot of I have a lot of fine bits. No, you're Ben Ben. They're all supposed to be. Benjin. It's pray to Pray to Yato would be like Baijin. Yato. Yep. Pray to Yato be like Baijin. We're all Baijin. Father of all. Yeah. Bijan and books. Anyway, okay, cool. All right. Chapter 47. What must be done? Hilo sits watching when sleep believed and almost beyond belief in having his wife safely return to him. He departs with Andy to head to Aitmata's estate, and the pair discuss and joke about the last similar drive they made together. We then did a lengthy flashback into over two decades ago, a time before Lon was pillar when Hilo uses the guise of a clean bladed duel between himself and Tanku Din, son of Ait Ugantin's horn, to break up a marriage pact between the mountain and no peak. Flashing back to the present, he meets with Ait, and as we learn in the next chapter, secures her aid in rescuing Shay. This is our longest chapter of the week, I believe, and it is super interesting. Yeah, this was a good one. This I predicted in the last episode that the mountain would save everybody. I have that, I have that in the next one. Bet paid off, so I will be taking a shot for y'all. And I stepped up and I made it a bet, even though obviously I knew it paid off. So you guys are welcome. <laughs> Good job, Thomas. On the sword. And Cross, you don't have to drink. You're absolved because of your absence. Or maybe you need to take two shots because of your absence. No, because there's a bet that he made that I'm not drinking. And I forget which one it is, but we're fine. <laughs> okay, so Kilo and Andy, yeah. they're joking about that fateful night when they went to kill Gaunt Ash and end the war with the mountain. <laughs> and there's the gods we already unbet then, Andy. And it just reminded me mostly of binge modes. Gods, I was strong then. <laughs> From Robert. Game of Thrones, of course. Yeah. yeah. 
that, that was, was funny that they're joking about it now. So the vibes have shifted after yeah. 20 years. <laughs> I was I was a little bit surprised to, to hear joking in general while so much <laughs> yeah. stressful right. shit is still happening. I mean, but, even in the original context, like when they first drove, he was making fun of Andon for driving like a grandma, right? Yeah. So just <laughs> releasing the tension. I like seeing Hilo and Andy getting along. Yeah. Because even though like there was the awkwardness with Andy being like overly formal with Hilo a little bit, not as much as he was with Lon, but and then also like so devoted to upholding everything, like they just always have felt the most like brothers to brother to me. Besides like Rue and Ito and them, obviously. Um, in this moment where they're joking, it again mentions Hilo's lopsided smile, mm-hmm. and during that flashback and going into the fight scene, I'm like. Oh, is this where he's gonna get like something fucked up with his face and it's gonna screw with his <laughs> smile his... somehow? What he act like? He has like a crooked face, like Barrow kind of. Mm. I think fine. it would have been. They would have pointed out scars more often than mm-hmm. just a one-sided just smile. Yeah, I think it's just kind of like why nobody took him seriously as a youth. But then, like he's he's got a little mischief in him. Mm-hmm. So this flash flashback is interesting for a few different reasons. It's just a really interesting look at Lon, I thought. And while it's nice to see him, to me, it wasn't the most flattering look for a guy. Because he was going to let Shay be married off? So there was that, and he's just, like, dismissive of Hilo, which we see again. And, like, he's like that in Jade City, too. But just, like, he just seems so disconnected from everything. So genuine question to pose to everyone. Do you think that he was doing that genuinely or do you think that he was playing his cards out so that Hilo would read the room and do what he was going to do? I didn't get the dismissive vibe. We know Lon's not a schemer. So I think <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> he was just... being genuine. <laughs> there, yeah, I would agree. He was being cagey and didn't want to talk about anything until Hilo like let slip that he had information about like a meeting that he didn't know Hilo knew about. Like that was a meandering sentence and I hope it tracks, but it did track. Yeah. That's, um, I, I, yeah, that's all I thought was going on was that he was just KG, like not wanting to tell Hilo cause it was secret. I didn't think he was plotting for Hilo to do anything about it. Yeah. Do you, I, do you think that he was, I feel like cross thinks that he was, I kind of get the vibe that he was he had that meeting for that particular reason. But they were just in the car. I don't know. It doesn't really match with the rest of what he does he's done though. Like, I the think the, we, thing he's we done see Lon f- get shine. And he didn't do it he very does good that job badly. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't okay. You're missing a little bit of context, Thomas, and I'm gonna just put it at that from a little from a little other book. But, okay. when, but that our came boy out, Lon knows how that to That came out post this book anyway, right? So based uh, on what people would know going into this, sure. it doesn't seem to fly. I do think that there's something there, but I do holistically agree that he wasn't um, trying to make all of that happen. And there are parts of what he was saying that are obviously very dismissive. But I do think that he does know how to tug on Hilo's strings and as such thought that this might push him in that direction. Mm. I realize you know more in this than specific me, way, maybe not, but, but I, I don't see it at all. I didn't yeah, see I about that one bit. Yeah, this made me it's not cool. miss Lon at all. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I'm, wow. that's what I mean by like really? not flattering. Look, he just is like he like you shouldn't know about that, or like how do you know about that? And he's just like, and now you made me ruin your meal too. Like I don't know. There's just like weird vibes to it, and 
you know, I thought, like, I guess based on your, t- you believe, Cross, you don't <laughs> read it the same way, but I was like, Hilo, we gotta, like, why is Hilo, quote unquote, the dumb, brutish brother, the one that sees that this plan is fucking awful and it's going to compromise right. and lead to no Pete falling apart? Why isn't Lon putting his foot down and being like, Granddad, you don't see this? Because he can't put his foot down. Yeah, that's been like his whole thing. But no, but, right, that, right, but that's but been his could. whole problem, right? Right. Yeah. That's say, so that's why I'm saying for our guy. It's confirmed my priors yeah. on on Lon. That's so it interesting. Just, yeah, I because I think the, the reason that he broke through. was to to make the change, right? Like I think that's the reason that he did tell to begin with. So the first time reading, I again this reaffirmed my position that Hilo is way better at Pillar than Lon, and I I agree. I think that here now too. Not just wartime. All time. Yeah. I I don't think that this changes my opinion on Lon as a pillar necessarily. Um, I think it pretty much remains the same that like he was a, you know, an ineffective but dreamer of a pillar. But I do think that he specifically couldn't act and so he went mm-hmm. to someone who could. And he knows Wound's not that guy. Can't have Wound yeah. do take care of it. Right. Interesting. So another, a couple other interesting things here. We get the twice lucky origin story. Nice to see. I feel like we haven't seen it a lot lately. And Hilo, very plugged in, even for just a fish, fist, not a fish. Uh, he knows <laughs> about secret meetings happening between high-ranking officials of both clans. Pretty cool. Also, he, like, his panic when he thinks he's the one being married off because he already at this point loves Wen. <laughs> yeah, which is like again so we see, and also Lon doesn't realize that as well and he doesn't he doesn't realize it even in jade city yeah and like in jade city just like Like, he's kind of dismissive of it when he asked to be married but even before that he's like hilo loves his job especially when it comes to pretty girls basically yeah yeah first things he thinks when he meets him him. pretty girls walk like also Also, this is a really light joke that i'm going to say it anyways (laughs) Cross being like, I know more than you is like Ron Swanson at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can put that in um, where it belonged. That's how late my jokes are it. coming to me today. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joking tough look for a guy, but it is kind of a serious tough look for a guy when Hilo brings up Ait Mata as a potential successor to Udant and he's like, a woman pillar? <sighs> Ait wouldn't go that far. Sky and that's what I'm read. saying about underestimating. This guy does not read the clouds. He's right, though. He is. He's right that he wanted to go that far. That is true. I, Mata takes it upon herself to get appointed, but yeah. or or Kill become pillar. But like, she wasn't the successor. I'm more she killed for everybody. Being like a woman pillar, sexism. Hate to see it. Totally. Long. It's their whole culture. You know, mm-hmm. there's very few female green bones even at present day. Yeah, and that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I touched on, just a dumb marriage plan. Hilo sees right through and comes up with a solution. And it's like, you know, Hilo, ice, ice, baby. The fight was very cool. Yes. Are we there yet? Not quite. I have a couple of silly okay, notes. Okay. First, I'm smoking that Doru was a shitty weatherman, Pat, because even then he's trying <laughs> to actively undermine the successors of the air. I think this is all, all a Doru plot. He's in bed with the mountain even then. It's think? fair to say, given what we know. Also, like we get another vociferously 
which I know, Aaron, you shouted out like two weeks ago. When I said it, it it had been like two or three times in that one group of chapters. So it's been long enough now that I was like, okay, that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's just a unique word. So when you hear it multiple times, it's like, good word. Yeah, I had my heckles up. My hackles? I don't know. I was ready for it. Shackles. <laughs> I had my jackals up. All right. So what do we think about Hilo's plan here? It seems like he could have gotten himself killed pretty easily. It's a classic oh, sure. plan. This is a classic plan. I'm not that drunk. <laughs> you know? Cheeky bastard. <laughs> At first, during it, it said he was like drunk. And I was like, oh, he really did get drunk. That was stupid. Yeah. And then he was like, just kidding, I meant you. <laughs> JK. Um, I think it was really sweet to see him come to, sh- like, beyond the, like, what it means for the clan. Mm-hmm. For him to come to Shay's, like, aid in all of this, knowing she wouldn't be down for this marriage proposal, was really sweet to see. And I'm curious if she ever knows that this plan was like thwarted by Hilo and like why it all went down. I- I'm really curious if she knows this. I also don't feel like he did it for Shay at all. <laughs> hmm. The way I saw it was he, he played out what was going to happen and they were going to become like a tributary to the mountain and his father-in-law would be the other horn. And he was like, not good for me or no peak. I think it, he, did it for himself and Lon and then it had the side effect of being good for Shay. Yeah. He does mention in that moment, like in that in that argument, how much Shay would dislike it though. Mm-hmm. Well, like sure, he's yeah. aware she wouldn't like it. He he I think he seems to know Shay better than I mean Lon thinks Shay would like fall in line, but Hilo seems to know Shay better than that, you know? Yeah, Hilo knows people for the most part. Yeah. He's like, she, she'd fucking probably run away to Espania. Oh, wait. And then Lon's like, don't tell Shane. He's like, dog. Like, she'd probably kick me off a building if I told her. Yeah. But I, I really, I felt like he was doing it more for himself and the clan. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like Thomas just said, it, it did help Shay, but I don't know that it was like a brotherly concern. <laughs> That's how, fair. how did you feel, Ben? I thought he was mostly doing it for himself. Yeah. I mean, I think there was the added component that he knew Shay wouldn't go along with it. But yeah, I think for him, it was like, this is a bad idea. I think now... He's trying to... This is before, though, I guess... This is before Shay broke his trust and got in bed with the Espanians, as they say. Yeah, it happens like two years later. So... Maybe maybe there was the brotherly love then. I was just thinking of how Hilo and Shay never got along and were always fighting. But maybe he he was a little better before she was dead to him. <laughs> I think, though, like, all else being equal, if Shay was being married off, I don't know if he would have, if that was the only thing at play, that he would have set out to murder the person. That's yeah, a good point. I think I agree with that. Yeah, that'd be a pretty intense reason to murder someone. Can't marry my sister. <laughs> yeah, that would be intense. And then also, that's it's interesting to see like Hilo for not thinking he understands politics. Well, not liking the politics, I guess. But he sees through the clan politics very clearly, too. And he's like, 
not only, but he has to rise and he's aware that he has to rise precipitously in order to prevent himself from being stopped and having Lon surrounded by just cronies of Doru and his granda. Definitely. And that's kind of how we meet Lon, right? Yeah, he's the two arguing. By... Yeah, but he's yeah only listening to all these old farts. Yeah, and then the duel happens. There's the duel, you know, the trickery at play with the fake drunk. And then just an awesome fight. Love to see it. Yeah, it was a good duel. I like how he finished him off with the spit, mm-hmm. the channel, and then the slice. Yes. That was cool. It, and it's it's fun to see Hilo in his prime when he's... In the ladder still. And he thinks he's invincible and he's reckless and the hubris of him. I, like, I was cracking up when he was, like, talking shit. You know, trying to like get a clean blade, and then to the second happen. he says, "Yeah, the second what's his name? I forgot. Right. I just forgot." Tom Duden says like one thing mildly out of line. He's like, "I challenge you to a clean blade." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like finally, dude. Yeah, Tonku wasn't biting at first. Mm-hmm. So that was, like that was enjoyable. Like they had a, just like had a successful heist. Like right afterwards, they're yeah. like running away, they grab this up yeah. and run. Got all this and, and the mates and... are wasted. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Tar's like he was out. decked out. Now he's got yeah. the most jade. Yeah. Badass. Yeah, and it helps explain why he was able to become born at 25. Yeah. Gotta do those duels. Gotta kill people to get your jade. Yeah, and I think this is one of the things that last week in the Difficult Daughters chapter when Jaya's like, oh, I heard all the stories. One of the stories she references is Tantu Din, I believe. Oh, like, okay. You don't know, like, don't talk about things you don't know about. And it's like, there's all these layers of it that we get here. And it's like, nice so we get Hilo protecting his family's legacy and then also building his own legacy in the moment. Right then and there, giving him the reputation is like, this is a junior finger who took out the heir apparent to the mountain's horn, a heavily jaded, like, badass fighter, and took him out single combat, clean blade. Now he's fucking decked out. He went into this knowing he was, he intended to kill him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there was he no situation where he could have just he had to brutally, yeah, yep, yep, had to. Can't marry a Oof. dead guy. Can't we marry also a dead guy. Tar in this says, you're good, Hilo, but even you're not Baijen reborn, so we did another Baijen reborn. Just, a just good Baijen's so husband. obsessed with Baijen. He seems, he's like Hercules, but cool. Hercules isn't cool. Like Heracles, but cool. Kind of mid. He's talking about the real Hercules, not the awesome cartoon that you're thinking. Yeah, not the cartoon. I really like Hercules in general. Oh, okay. Just for the record. You like Heracles? <laughs> he seems fine. I hate I him all. Pick one guy, I'd say Perseus. Percy Jackson. My guy. Thomas, I just um, noticed this. I don't know if this has been this way the entire time that we've been doing these podcasts, but your shelf on top really is words and whiskey. Yeah. It's kind of right now because it's for the reverse. It's whiskey and words. But. Yeah. Glam that the whole time. Yeah. I also have uh, my Economic Developer of the Year award that I stole and uh, a dinosaur head, a fake dinosaur head in the middle. Wow. Why is it going to be fake? Because I'm not a uh, D- Dinosaurs happened. You just talked about stealing something. <laughs> you did. DJ, <laughs> you're supposed to leave that part out. <laughs> I'm not a Allegedly. Thief. I challenge you to a clean blade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My mic is clean. My mic is clean. 
I like that. Every like I do like the my blade is clean. That's always that hits every time. Mm-hmm. When do you still gonna get fucked up in a couple minutes? <laughs> no, when just comes. The, yeah. He's like at a bar. <laughs> my blade is clean. People are like, what the what? fuck is I talking about? <laughs> Does he have a blade? Um, <laughs> you so fall over off the stool. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, you, your drunk friends, and that body that you just created, get, get out of here. <laughs> Allegedly. Okay, so, duel's done. We flash back to the present. Hilo goes to see Ait and asks for the Mountain Clan's assistance to bring Shay home safe and sound. And he pulls a couple strings very effectively here. What do you guys think about the end of this chapter? Hilo got one over on her. On... Um- the mountain? Not really got one over, but like you like convinced her to do something she didn't really want to do. I thought this was the him doing this with I was way more I think challenging and ballsy than what he did with Tanku Din. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like this was like the ultimate, like, you know, suck it up and shake hands. I, mean, I, I think that the conversation ground, yeah. crazy. The conversation with Andy on the way there saying like we lose either way we might as well like play the cards however we can makes this make a lot more sense but it's calculated he knows exactly what she's going to think throughout all of this like what her assumptions will be going in completely unarmed and like basically ready to die was the only way that he would be able to get in was well done and this was this the bet was this one of the bets from last week? Yeah, but it, it sort of pays off Nets chapter where they actually show up. Right. So I, I yeah. put it there. I could I can drink now if you guys want. I don't know. We can wait. Okay. We want you to get real nervous. Shaking in my boots. I did forget what I was gonna say now though. There is the way that Hilo leverages the Tobins in Ite, and then how Ite is able to leverage the Tobins. Like there's a weird dynamic in play there where both kind of have leverage over one another but it's like the Tobins don't really have leverage on Ike just their existence have, puts like a governor on her and how like she can't do anything she wants anymore or right. she can't do everything she wants I guess right I think describing it as a gutter is a really good way to visualize that yeah what is sure. that what does that mean is that a sports thing but th- no there's like a uh, like almost like she has a leash on her, so or an invisible fence, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like there's a or like say you you have a tar and they put something to limit how fast that tar can go. I think that's a governorship, or unless that's a sci-fi governor. thing. Yeah, governor. You say nope. governor. Yeah, that's a governor. Governor. I was like, what's gutter mean? <laughs> it means no. gutter. I know. I was like, it doesn't mean what you guys are saying. It means <laughs> oh, yeah, governor. Yeah. No, I was. Yeah, they guttered her. Governor. <laughs> Gervener. <laughs> I can hate you. Oh, yeah. The last thing I have, because we touched on him, you know, kind of dropping to his knees, not begging though, but like solemnly asking Ike for her help and pledging, you know, like his pledge to her after like anything that comes next, it's fucking even. I don't know why I said fuck. Anything that comes next is even. And, you know, we'll pull out a shatar. So we covered that a little bit. We're a bad the- influence on you. <laughs> I no, I I be cussing. I just I don't know. Anyway, Jade, the Jade auras brushing together, and where she's like kind of staring out the window and re- contemplating, and he comes up to her, but stops when their auras. <laughs> okay, who to, wanted like, him to like wrap his arms around her? <laughs> you like little enemies to lovers going on, and like sway. It's okay. I you can be held. 
Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. It's, it's a prom pose. <laughs> <laughs> um, with this deal struck, mm-hmm. I am curious if this brings the prospect of peace and uh, unity closer or farther away. It kind of like, working like... together in this instance, but only in the way that it like clears a debt. So I don't know right. if it's going to make war more like a possibility going forward or, hey, we worked pretty well together. Maybe we can work together more often. I, I don't know what's going to happen. PJ, just the sum of that comes in next chapter at the end, I think. Because the touch debt on it is then. paid. Okay. But there is like that interesting question, which is like now that the debt is paid, will I be like, you know, the gods won't be vengeful against me if I lash out at no peak more strongly then I just, I'll bring it up now a little bit like usually when the mountain clan even the lower ones interact with a high ranking member of no peak and vice versa there's like the token respect but at the end of the next chapter and it could just be because they're humans and they see Shay just like broken there's like a weird tenderness and like seems genuine respect given to her so it is, and they have been doing these like joint missions to take out the clanless and stuff. Yeah, to me, it's like another brick in the wall of them like working together. So it's just like another thing of them, even though it's a debt being repaid. Like to me, Hyde's <clears throat> doing that out of a sense of honor and respect that she has gained over the years. Her and Hilo are obviously they hate each other, but just I think for the no peak operation in general mm-hmm. and sort of just like the more that they work together the more that they cooperate on stuff like I don't, I don't know i think it's natural that they start moving in that direction so to me this was just another step a bigger step but in a in a direction that they've already been going sort of like this is a huge leap in logic i'm gonna make here but i'm gonna do it anyway <laughs> so you know, we see these the people working together on both sides of the clan, between the horn side at least, a little bit uh, more and more. And they do, you know, the street war hasn't been raging hotly. But, you know, you would think, given that little bit of familiarity with one another, they're in the press a lot more so they, they know who each other are, even if they haven't met that familiarity. It kind of reminds me of, like, you know, anecdotes from the Civil War of, you know, we have the people, the uh, scouts or guards posted up and they become kind of friendly with those on the other side and trade and stuff back mm-hmm. and forth it just kind of reminds me of that like that familiarity would help prevent future escalations right be more willing to talk to one another because they know each other yep yeah i think that's a great point which brings us to <laughs> chapter 48 debts and losses shay and dudo's jade exposure torture continues and the faltas interrogate shay looking primarily for names of her white rat informants in shatar but also information on something called the human deal. What follows is a cat and mouse game where she doles out information, hoping to slowly drip it out to earn enough shine to keep her and Dudo alive and somewhat sane and buy Hilo time to rescue them. A phone rings, and a combined strike force of Mountain and No Peak Greenbone spring into action to rescue Shay. We skip forward a month and see Shay return to Katon and physically recover from her torture. She discusses with Hilo what it took to secure Ike's cooperation and what her future holds should she not be able to don Jade again. The chapter ends with her arriving at the conclusion that she's a bad motherfucker, Jade or not, and will do her job no matter what. Whee! So that paid off of Ike stepping up. I meant to take a shot when we started, so this is a lot, but 
<laughs> Oof. Damn, that was a big shot. <clears throat> it was supposed to be two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We're Thomas we're is going hard in the paint. Now, before afternoon. we go too much further, while we're talking about the bets real quick, did you guys pay off the tar bets last week? Oh, we did not. Mm, interesting. So, PJ said, unceremoniously, unheroically saves the day, similar to the prince. Okay. Ben said, Tar returns, totally redeeming himself, and there are no oh, other options, so we this. call Tar. So, I was okay. correct, obviously. Yes, we did We, we did talk about paying it off, but we meant to save it for this week, right? Yes. All right. Yeah, we did. All right. That's true. Because I remember yeah. I, I Can I quipped. take my shot next week? I took issue with <laughs> That's fine. totally redeemed himself, but... And Tar comes back because literally no one else can save the day. The last hero person dies saving everyone was Aaron's. So that was wrong. Oh, for pretty sure. extreme. Yeah. It was a pretty of, bold bet. I think mine was correct. Yours was wrong. Is yours correct? Yep. PJ's was the most right. I think PJ's is the most correct. Yours is very Aaron's loose. is the most wrong. Well, mine was more specific. Ben's was so vague, which I guess is a good way to make a bet. <laughs> the house always wins no sir so i'll take i'll take two for those two but aaron i'm gonna ask for a bonus drink next week i would but i i just drank my whole drink yeah that's why i'm drinking for you man by the way you might notice i'm wearing all my chiefs gear because i've been watching the quarterback show and it's like a Mm. huge jerk off fest to patrick mahomes and i fucking love it all right have you watched it? Only Travis and Kirk Cousins. I, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Kirk Cousins and the other guy. I don't know. We we don't Marietta. fast forward through yeah. the other guys, but I look at my phone a lot until Pat comes back on. Nice. I don't know if you guys <laughs> ever tried to do impressions with headphones on. It's hard. Yes. I, I just do avoid doing impressions just, in like, general because I'm bad at them. <laughs> headphones are not. Well, that's, that's why it's fun. Because you have a deep, smoky voice. It's not fun when people are good at them. It is, but it's not as fun. It's fun <clears> when people are bad at them. Okay. I'll stop digressing. No, I won't. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> well, I digressed. So okay. pick it up. So we took our drinks. We paid off the bets. Now let's get into the notes. So poor Shay. Obviously, the torture is terrible. But she's put into such a compromising position of having to sell out the spies in order to try to save Dudo. Yep. It's the whole moral riddle. Do you, do you stop the train to save the kid or do you trolley problem on us huh do you kill the kid and save everyone on the train what is that the trolley (laughs) yeah (laughs) what do you do it's a it's a moral i I mean you know yeah i like how she was thinking through it though that she was just trying to buy enough time for Hilo to figure something out and then she'd save everyone which she did yeah so she was like they did slowly letting names go and then trying to to hold out Keep Dudo alive yeah and she is like a you do pj sorry i mean the, the whole situation is pretty fucked in that it's not to save herself because i think she's pretty sure she's gonna die no matter what like i don't think she's convinced that she'll survive this but they're not gonna let her die basically like the whole the whole situation super fucked she knows she's condemning every single one of those people that she gives up to horrible horrible deaths and on top of that is getting tortured like there there is no winning in in this situation until the day gets saved like 
she is in a totally damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. So her only play is to drip feed the information as slowly as possible, which is kind of brilliant, but at the same time, really, really depressing. But it's, I mean, it's badass that she keeps her wits about her enough to not just like shout out everyone's name. If she did that, they probably would have just killed her, you know? She's being like waterboarded with jade, basically, and she still has the wherewithal to slowly dish it out, like you were saying, Aaron. She's incredible. She was so close to not being with it, though. Like, yeah, she she's she's like questioning whether down. or not she knows the information they're asking for with that deal. Well, then there's a deal she doesn't know about. Is that like the one the mountain's doing behind her back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that as well. Do we know what that deal's about? Which one? The human deal? I have a question about that, but we're going to save it. Okay. Okay, so Shay, like Ben touched on, has this utter faith in Hilo. Whenever she's lucid, she's praying to give, like to help her brother find them, and she just knows that he will. And I thought that it was pretty telling and touching, and I think that the fact that a lot of the more emotional and like touching moments in this story come during these moments of like absolute brutal violence. It's just like another beautiful bit of realism in the writing because that's just the world our church was living Mm -hmm. i think that's a really great point and yeah those are the moments where we are getting these like most emotional kind of pulling our heartstrings moments they're just sandwiched in between dark violence (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i I have a quote here hilo would find them he would not be fooled by the barucans ploys there was anything she had faith in besides the gods. It was her brother's cunning vindictiveness. So every moment she was loose enough to think she prayed silently and fervently. Yato, father of all, help me, help my brother. And we know she has faith in the gods. It comes in handy when uh, you're trying not to lose your mind. <laughs> Seems like Shay's praying usually works. It is. It has. It does. <laughs> it has it's been good. True. Sometimes it's like a monkey paw, but it does <laughs> yeah. usually work. So, I guess with that sort of proclamation about Hilo's inability to be fooled like this, he kind of was, right? It's when that convinces them to stop the the evacuation and like focus on... I guess it doesn't confirm that. We don't... Yeah, we don't but, really get the opportunity to know. But she does t- give them valuable intel. She confirms, at least, that something else is afoot. And it's not just that they're going to give Shay back. Mm-hmm. But, like... I don't know. I think you could read it as I don't think when's use information was useless there. But I think Hilo. I don't think this is Hilo's first their, negotiation. But I think Hilo believed. I think when was the one who changed his mind because Hilo seemed to believe he had to do what they wanted until when said they're never going to give her back, and that's when he went to the extreme measure. I don't think he would have done that without when. Knowing that they weren't going to give her back, how would he have known that? Because why wouldn't they just want Jade and money? That's what everyone wants. Well, I think he figured Shay and his men were kind of forfeit or for, more forfeit than when. Like once they got the money, there's nothing really preventing them from killing her. It was just them, like vengeance. I guess the only motive they had for holding up their end of the bargain. Right? Yeah. I think Gwen deserves a lot of credit, so I, I'm happy with accepting that. 
Okay, they're pouring all this jade in the bathtub. She's getting waterboarded. Does jade get, like, diluted at all? Like, aren't they going to want to use all this cut jade once they're done torturing her? Yeah, I think they can, they can still use it. They take the jade off the bodies of their foes when they kill them. I know. It's like it's not a, like there's... I don't think jade's a battery that can be depleted. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Don't want to put it in water. To my knowledge, I don't think to my knowledge we've had any of it. It's like a bath that. bomb. It starts to disintegrate. <laughs> it's not like a bath bomb, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, no. You're cut off. No <laughs> more donuts. Not drinking. I did have a Go Bloody the- Mary before we started. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair point. That was for the hangover. <laughs> okay, that. I'm just, let's move on. I'm too upset. <laughs> what do we think the human deal is? I keep. I feel like I'm like Trump saying human when I don't. The yeah, human. You human. Don't we find out? Isn't it like with that old crusty lady whose husband died, the Coben? I don't think so. And like immigration stuff. That was no. She asked Hilo. That's something different. She asked Hilo in that if he knows what it is. That's the deal that I used to get the. Matos or whatever to agree. That's a different Mateos. deal. Mateos. Yeah. Mateos. Different okay. deal. Oh, okay. Too many deals. Lots of deals. It's the art of the fucking deal. <laughs> you, you keep bringing up so Trump, dumb. man. I had to because I brought up Trump, so then I had to, you know what I mean? Anyway, fuck that guy. Thank you. I was like, <laughs> no, fucking Good work. <laughs> Just to be clear. We got there. It took a while, but we got there. I don't have right. any good ideas on the human deal. No idea. Just that the mountain's being a slippery little snake. Yeah. Is it the mountain? Why? Feels a spinion. I don't know why. Oh, I thought it was with the mountain. No, I'm just saying it are feels like human? the spinions are involved. What is human? An island? Has that been, is that like Across, a country or something? Them. We've seen it. I, I was going to say, like, I thought we had seen something about this. Like, I was kind of remembering something <laughs> to do with human, but I couldn't it's a spice. Yep. remember what it was. Uh-huh. I think you put it on tacos, but I'm not positive. You're so fired, Thomas. <laughs> because of human. <laughs> oh, those shots are shot. In- I'm going to have to go back and do some page flipping through the book. Oh, man. I don't remember. I feel like it's a place. But I don't know. Can you tell us what the context is that we know about it from previously in the story? We, I mean, we, I don't know. Concerned. Cross, what are the rules of what we can remind them? Well, that's can we that them? You can absolutely remind them. Okay, so it is an island that's property of Teton. It's Tetanese Island, but that is where the Espenian military base is. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh. I knew it was Spinian's bullshit. If you look at the Pokemon, it's on the inside of the Pokemon. Right. (laughs) The Pokemon. Where the Navy base is. That's where old uh, rich guy hangs out. Billionaire guy. Seems like he's probably involved. Hmm. And his consort, Lula. His possible um, assassin consort. Oh, the guys with the weird religion. All I should think is Lululemon. That's Are all we going to assassinate a moment. billionaire? Let's do it. I got any subs handy. 
steal his money. All right. So, well, PJ, what do you got? One question. Did they recover the jade that they had given, or did they just leave it in the bathtub? I think they mentioned it being... Oh, could they? Because if they touch that jade, they're fucked. They put the gloves on that the other... The dead guy had. The lead line. Did they... I forget. Did they mention that they picked it up? I'm sure they got it. I think they did. Maybe that's part of, like, the mountain to keep it or something. I don't remember. That's... No way. Cross, would you mind looking through and yep. as I keep this drawn? Thank you. I'm sure Can they, do. They I'm refer sure they to it as it. a mythical quantity a of jade. It is a lot. I'm sure they fucking got it. But Shay was just, like, get was, that shit away from me. Yeah. I so, in general, the Strike Force scene is really cool. And just to look at, like, how goddamn far we've come in this story. Because in Jade City, they're fighting a street war with, like, swords and knives most of the time. And like, you know, their jade ability. And here we have a strike force on foreign soil. And it's like a SEAL Team sit style raid with sniper rifles and shit. It's and badass. Like, no consideration of windows or sight. No, just it doesn't matter. Doesn't fucking matter. This rifle's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And Vince punching through walls. Perception is it's so cool. Yeah. That's yeah, I so have there's bad a really depth cool... perception, much less see behind walls perception uh, but yeah so there's that payoff of when Nico accidentally commits a war crime when he's reflecting on how <laughs> Vin would have been able to snipe this guy and so we did that payoff there of the tool of Vin's perception sniping and he like he has to close his eyes in order to use it which is interesting and cool <laughs> and there's like the really cool description of it of course and the how he has to like focus intensely on it and then there's also if something inanimate is in the way, he can't tell, which, you know, makes sense. But yeah. it's just like cool the way they focused on it. It's like the heat seeking goggle images. Mm-hmm. Night vision. <laughs> and it's also cool because it's like, I guess they say he's set to somebody in his perception of perception. And it's not now Suenzen. But like, this is the first hand. This is our first time seeing someone with like crazy sense of perception having that described to us firsthand it was really interesting to see yeah vin's a tin savant it was badass good joke <laughs> i got they also it. play this, this there's also this cool game they have to play of like vin has to be close enough to perceive things and to try to figure out what's going on but far enough away that the bear can't yes. catch him i really like that and they had to do like drive-bys to like yeah Feel out Jade or just like <laughs> it, all of the for like the first book and a half are like, can we get some fucking schemes going? Right. And now they're like literally the CIA. <laughs> yeah. It's That's incredible. Nice. Listen, Juen Mission needs, Impossible. Let's get like raise Juen's pension in retirement. <laughs> yeah. This guy he earned it. Did some crazy shit for the no peep. If he gets to retire. He did. He already did. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. For some reason, I was thinking Vin. Yep. Tar was a club, and he was the scalpel. Poor Kane didn't have time to adapt. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had this in him, but Juan oh, yeah. was just Kane the was perfect man for the job. All right. But I already touched on this a little bit, and this might just be me reading into it, but the horror of what Shay went through seemed to really move the mountain fighters. And the, like, the description of them helping to cut the ropes, is it seemed really tender to me in a way. And they just like everything like they seem to be genuinely respectful of Shay. Did that stick out to you guys? 
I agree. I guess I didn't realize they were all, I thought, aren't they mixed in with no peak or was it? They are. Were the mountain but, people so, the ones saluting and stuff? Both of them yeah. are, but I think they tee it off with a, a finger, like something she didn't recognize, they said. Yeah. Oh, or okay. someone she doesn't know. So that's I think when I was tell. reading it, I thought they were no peak people that were doing that exact action. And Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it does definitely seems like they have respect. I'm assuming like they don't know that he saved Mata I Mata, right? So right. I mean, but even then, just like she's well, just like, respect over her time. It, it's kinda like, you know, Andon being very respectful to I and you know, when he first met her. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. you you show respect to your elders basically. Like your betters. Right. I, I did forget about that when I was saying that scene different than usual but the tenderness is probably yeah uh, I just thought it was interesting like they helped Lou cut the ropes off her and I feel like normally they'd be like you know we did our part here we're done right Right. like like, stand in the corner wait for the right next thing yeah kind of like in Red Rising the description of how the slaves will do exactly what you tell them but then that's it in the institute yeah I just thought it was interesting and then I already touched on my last so the aftermath of this, we flash forward, we're in Katon. Shay has recovered physically, but Andon's like, there might be a phys- like a mental block of you putting Jade back on. Yeah. And he's like, tearful for her. Uh, our guy, Dudo, can nev- probably never put Jade on. And I have a fucking bone to pick with every character in this book now. Because they say it's gonna, he's going to have to be meditated and go to therapy to recover from this. Which means therapists exist. Which means, what the fuck are we doing, guys? Not going to therapy. <laughs> yeah, like, Lon could have really used some therapy. Every character in the story could have used it. What? Yeah. I, I'm curious if this is, like, physical therapy, like, I or, think, or if it's, like, just the therapy that we think of when we hear I therapy. I real therapy, because they said antipsychotic drugs, right? right That's in true. The same sentence. That's a good point. And it's so a I'm mental like, block, not a physical block. I'm like... Andin, you Andin, you seem to have recovered for the most part, but like you did some therapy. Elo, you again, they've mostly recovered, but I think we could get some more going. We all need. By to the way, I think Air, Andin did it. go to therapy because what's his name, Jir, Jirhu, was talking about it at one point. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, good Didn't for Andin. That. How would can also now? I'm just thinking out loud here. Can we get another spinoff? And it's just like a web series after the series comes out, and it's Hilo <clears throat> in therapy, like Tony Soprano. <laughs> I mean, he said, "No, I want, like, I want green bone therapists." You just picture like put their perception being like, "That's a fucking lie, full of shit." <laughs> you didn't do your work. It's not about your mother at all. Just picture, I'm picturing Hilo as Tony Soprano now, and instead of the Gabo Duel, it's the crispy squid balls. He goes to the fridge every time anything mildly inconvenient happens, and he's just a hammer and crispy squid balls. That's me with Cheez-Its. <laughs> all right. That's all I got. I wanted to bring up something. A, I did double check. There actually isn't an answer within the pages. I would rescanned the entire chapter, the so it's day. not clear. For the Jade, it is not made a point of during chapter 48. Part of me feels like the title of the chapter, Debts and Losses, makes it seem like it is a loss in addition to the other things. But, you know, whether here nor there, unclear at this point. They had, uh, why wouldn't they have? I I can't imagine they left all of that to the mountain. No, I would imagine they didn't. 
But yeah, I was just thinking like, obviously they pitched up, but then I was like, well, they can't because there's so much. Well, there was yeah. a, they and, like, transported it there, and it was right. I'm but sure they didn't, those like, boxes are still there, and the the lead yeah. gloves are still there. I just don't right. But they, they should be able to get it back. They used the lead gloves on the boxes. They didn't, you know what I mean? Like they didn't grab the fistfuls of jade with that. I'm sure I'm, I, there's a obviously shovel. a way to know, do it. I'm, I'm sure saying, they have. It, yeah, I'd be Stone Eyes working for the weatherman's office, but mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if they left it all. Right. Yeah. Or any of it. Why not take a, all of it back? If a talon knife can have jade on it, like, could you shovel jade or would it, like, transfer up? How does it work? I you assume touching the, the, hilt? the jade's on the handle of the talon so knife, fine. making contact with your hand. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. I was just. Oh, because metal maybe. is a conductor. That's what I was thinking. But you got the rubber handle, maybe, anyway. Wooden handle, Plus rubber handle, second, yeah. Get a wooden shovel, not a metal. What was your shovel. second point? The the second thing that I wanted to bring up was you you'd made mention of sort of Shay's Greenbone you know reverence for for Jade and I, I really like the quote itself so I just wanted to read it here Jade had meaning because of the type of person one had to become to wear it Jade was oh, visible oh. proof that a person had dedicated their life to the discipline of wielding power to the dangers and costs of gr- being a Greenbone and it's it's so awesome i think that shay comes around on this right in a way that in the beginning she doesn't believe that she she doesn't want anything to do with jade and now she realizes that jade was more of a symbol of the power not the actual power itself that you know you can actually work and acquire you too can be yeah. successful I, if you believe i don't in i yourself. have that in my notes i don't know why i skipped over it you fucked up i did if you believe in yourself and come from one of the, mo- one of the most powerful richest families <laughs> in the country the money helps Somebody else. She's whoop, she's a nepo baby now. Yeah, right. she's always she's been a nepo really baby. A nepo that was baby. never a yeah. I'm, that was, not that was never a question. I'm just being obstinate, as is my right. I do like the what will I do? My job as weatherman. My no fucking peak. job. I'm the fucking mm-hmm. weatherman. She's, also, I'm going to be a, a mom and not die. Maybe, but yeah, I don't know. We got a couple like, weeks left. It's such an interesting reflection about what Jade actually means and. It's so it's so crazy. Proud of her for real. I think I really got Ben <laughs> with that one. Can I tell you guys something? <laughs> you know what sucks about this happened last week too with the gin shot. There's like a big shot. I feel like I should drink more, but like I know I don't like I don't want to get drunk. Don't alone, do. It. You know Alcoholism. what I mean? Draws <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> you up. All right. Now we've got the the big chapters here. All right. With that, we go to chapter 49, The Prince's Stand, the 22nd year, 12th month. For Rue's birthday, Dano invites him to the Little Persimmon, a bar in mountain territory. After an introduction to a burned Tadino, the bartender and friend of Darrow, he it's followed by some dancing with a girl named Junie. Rue quickly finds himself on the wrong side of Kobin Ashi. A duel ensues and cruel ends are met. Yeah, I've never gone from fuck yes to fuck no so fast. (laughs) And the way you're reading it in the book, yeah, it's you're going Uh down the page and then it goes over to the next page. Like he's like beating the shit out of Tadino at the bottom of the page, and -hmm. then you go to the top of the next page, and he's reaching for the knife. He's yeah, he's throwing, and you're just like, what? (laughs) I was shouldn't have turned the page. (laughs) That. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah. and you're in yeah. and you're in the like fast reading mindset, <laughs> yes. and so I remember reading this for the first time, and I totally skipped it. And then you see the reaction from Kobanovsky going, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" Yeah. And then you go back, and you're like, "Oh God, how did Wait, I miss?" You're that? skipping things. This well, like, you know how like your eye works. is reading an action. No, but you read like the beginning and end of things. No, Generally, you, you scan over thing. it and like. Yeah, this is why I major? read slower than you guys because I, I read every to. word. Same. I I can't not read every word, and that's why <laughs> I hated reading for so long. I sometimes accidentally do the thing where you catch things butts. you're not supposed to, but I usually I try to read everything. I, I know yeah, me too. I, no, 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 no. But like, especially I said that, you I said know that how to wrong. read good. I definitely read. It. <laughs> I, I read like so cross. Pro- I read in chunks. Let me jump yeah. in. Yeah. Let me. So like when you turn the page, sometimes your eyes inadvertently read things because like just the way like you're. You're reading the bottom of the right. page. You turn, your eyes are still there because you're turning yeah. so fast. So you read automatically almost. You and you're like, fuck. I move your eyes. We're not all as coordinated <laughs> as you, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron looks know, up every time between pages. A, a book, She's I, one of the best readers. I open it, it. to the last page and see what happens. It's weird. It's like, that's how, <laughs> this is where my eyes go. <laughs> wow. We're called out. We're called out, gentlemen. I mean, I, true, I'm, true. I'm a serial, like, if something happens, I'll start looking ahead for sure. <laughs> really? I do all the time. <laughs> Didn't you yell at Aaron about anxiety. that for HowlerPod? Well, I, yeah, I did a control Use F. command F, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Version. I remember. It. Yeah. I have a no. PC. It was control. Once, like, events start happening, I start <laughs> reading very quickly, and then I start reading in very large chunks. Mm-hmm. I do that sometimes. Oh, yeah. I don't do the large chunks. I read, I, like, speed, speed, and then if yeah. it's like, okay. There are okay, so many devil's back. cuts yeah. buried into this episode. It's true. <laughs> I'm so sweaty. PJ, what do you got? Because <laughs> you're drunk. It's hot it's hot. No, because I turned the AC okay. off. Right. Yeah, same. It's hot. Um, yeah. Getting <laughs> back into this this section, though, like as soon as as soon as Junie like started showing any interest in Rue, I'm like, oh no, oh don't fuck, trust, don't oh, trust this woman. Don't trust anything that's happening right now. And also, but, little person in general, like knowing woman. that this right. was, this was the place. This was that bartender. Oh Fuck God. no! There's so many songs we could do the musical Tourette's with here. I'm gonna do it. There, kind of. That one doesn't really work, but that I love it anyway. I love T Pain. It could be. Turned. I was gonna say this. bump, but up, bump, but up, but up. That girl is poison. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the building. There, yeah, she's there's she so many. How who amongst us as single people haven't been like, you know, a girl with the the short hair, little oh, sauce going on? Like second. we've all fallen for it. I sure have. Who amongst us? I can sympathize. Yeah, well, uh, sympathize or empathize? Empathize. I don't know. I remember what one's which. No, I I totally get it, and I think I think what also just irks me is that like. There's there's a lot in this chapter A that's going on, and we get this, and like you know when you're reading it, it's like you know that something's going to go wrong because you see Rue's future so closely. Like right away, it's like yeah, he finally decided to go into public policy. He figured out what his life was going to be, and like all these things are shaping up for Rue. And we've seen this before with Andon, and we've seen this before with Hilo, and we've seen this before with Shay. And to then have it, of course, one of them's going to go tragically wrong, and it just. It sucks. It was not my favorite chapter this week. I don't know. Also, I just want to throw in that Dano sucks too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was that a bet or was that just a? No, no. We just talked about it heavily. 
Yeah, you. Go- I was like, he's okay. What an idiot. I thought I just hated him because he's a prick. I forgot about this part. Yeah. I, obviously, I knew. I forgot how he like brought him to this bar specifically. I thought it was just his birthday. Yeah, but he didn't really like. Can, no, I, I, know, I can't but, blame like, Dan. Common sense, you know. I don't, yeah, I don't it's know. Rude. How's he? Daniel's a fucking moron. Like, why didn't they meet yeah. in he the got, no peak bar? He got branded. He's just an idiot. You can't bring him to a plant. Like, he's just an idiot. You can't take a weird dude's word for it. Just a fucking moron. And Rue shouldn't have gone. That's the That's reality. True. Yeah. Like, yeah. he really should know better. Rue was just going through it. You know what I mean? It just so he was like, I'm gonna fucking do it. Whatever. This comp it was complications. You know, he he even blames it on a on a sort of complication from his midterms feeling backed up because he took time off at the beginning of the year because his mother was kidnapped. Like, and so he basically pins it on the happenings and in the long run kind of pins it on Shay in a weird way in his own head for the the why of why he's here. Yeah. This fucking Um, sucks. Yeah. Can I say <laughs> I'll touch on something personal the next chapter, but I don't know how this will play for listeners. But this, just in terms of shocking deaths written by brutal authors that we all love, this got me more emotional than Ulysses. Mm. Ulysses. Mm. Just because we had more time to and the way Fonda, like we meet Rue and then he's a twelve year old little shithead kid. And he, she just makes us fall in love with him so quickly. Yeah. And like the two chapters we get to hang out with him as an adult. And he's still, he's a young adult. He's a very young adult. And we just like, this kid rocks. And then he's dead. And so it's well, like, what the fuck? And we get the scare in Jade War of like his, like the whole he going to the up. hospital and then Hilo's acceptance. And then, you know, like the swallowing of the stones, obviously going to the hospital. Yes, yep. And, you know, all of these different segments of like, this is the kid that we're going to like follow in, in as an additional aspect of this family. And then to have it start to appear and to follow all the same trends that we've seen with all of the other characters to have it cut short is just like, I don't know, brutal of all of the deaths in all of the books. I was thinking about this too. I don't know that I've, that we've read on the show so far. I don't know that anyone hits me harder than Rue's death personally. This one just, just sucks. it feels unjust. It sucks. It's, uh, it's unjust sucks. is a great way to say it. It's like and this, I was really starting to like him. There's this giant loss of potential. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's like there's yeah. all this potential for him Too as a young. character and just like how idealistic he was and types of people that he wanted to stand up for and like help represent. It was just that's what makes it so sad and tragic. It's just and so, so, so difficult to just accept. It's just so gutting because there's just so much potential there. For him and he had this great opportunity to be something different and this kind of as this world modernizes and now it's all gone so yeah the the sad reality is that the clanless future people were trying to make a clan war to destroy the clans but rue was trying to like help clanless help people yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very sad. The big Peach. sad. Big sad. Big sad. Yeah. Thanks a lot for the big sad, guys. Also, like, I don't know if this falls under confidence of the writing or just, like, I don't, like, to be able to, as a writer, be like, here's a horrible, traumatizing thing. 
the next chapter, here's something worse. <laughs> I think it's like trust. Mm-hmm. That's fucking badass. It's just like Fonda Lee, I'm in awe of her. I think this is like, I touched across and I was like, I can't during this book, which, and I was like, you're like, I can't. You know, I entertain, well, no, no, I was like, I entertain thoughts of being a writer and like wanting to write. And I'm like, reading this makes me be like, why bother? <laughs> I couldn't do this. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. No, this is, I, I maintain this is the best writing I've ever read. I mean, not like this section specifically, but just Fonda Lee in general is mm-hmm. like the best thing I've ever read, I think. Not as wide read as Crossland. I just like, I'm in awe of her as an author. She's kicking ass, taking names. I do think that this is also another one, kind of like Shay getting kidnapped and stuff, where you see in hindsight, like all the bad decisions and you're like also annoyed. Like mm-hmm. I'm sad for Rue, but I'm also like really in- annoyed at him. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Everyone's trying to kill you all the time. Like, you can't just like wander into mountain territory and expect Aisho to always protect you. Well, he's yeah, also he's I, used to people not knowing who he is. Yeah. Yeah. But then he's at the bar showing his ID, like, yeah, I'm I'm a call. Yeah, I'm that motherfucker. It's so stupid. Yeah. Well, it's because he he wants to flex that prince thing, right? right? For the first time, for the first time in a long time. And it's like, you know, he isn't the one that's out outwardly because he isn't that green bone. And as such, I mean, it it calls back to me, especially again to the hospital and then going into chapter 50, of course, with Nico of like supposed to be the one there to protect him because he can't protect himself in these moments. And Nico did that when they went to the duel. Similarly, and he's, he's stepped in in all of these different sort of brash moments and flashes that Rue has. And it feels like for once Rue holds his own and truthfully, he does hold his own and uh, and it's, you know, not necessarily a freak accident, but it is a moment of desperation that turns this whole situation into something a lot more than it was intended to be. I don't. So part of that, I think, is because he's not a Greenbone, right? Because his opponent concedes and like a Greenbone would end the fight there no matter what, basically. Right. More should've. or less. Well, he should have. curious if that would have actually ended the fight. That is that's a good point. Like, would Tadino have done that no matter what if he observed that the blade was loose? Mm-hmm. But I just I don't know. I just think there is something interesting there where he's like been raised in that world but removed from it, and then so he doesn't have that same like he doesn't fall under Aisho of having to follow the strictures of a clean bladed duel. I'm not. I'm just. I'm at. But like, neither does Tadino, which is right. the other side of of this too. To me, is that like Tadino isn't really raised in that. He's a gangster, mm-hmm. and so like he does swing out in desperation. And you know, who's to say what would have happened? This is like it was like animal caught in a trap at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Survive. Yeah, Peach. I think there was also the mistake of Rue. Like when or the mistake of both of them. I think it was you know it was something overlooked, but. When the bare-fisted fight is what was selected, he should have put his knife down and away. Yeah. Like, they should have both been unarmed. Fully unarmed, yeah. That's a great Mm -hmm. point. I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't think of that either, but it does, like, it almost comes natural, I feel like, to that kind of, like, symbolic removing of the weapons. Mm -hmm. The the fucking Cobans should have disarmed everybody. It's their fault. 
That guy's a fucking moron, though. <laughs> so you well, Coben is like a meathead. Adrian! This guy's just a toxic relationship. Yeah. Lots of death over over relationships and so a couple of ask pages a question about this week the, as well. It's like real life. The true true prince of no peach bit that you have in your notes did we did we you touched on that we are no we bit, haven't right? even touched my notes for the I record know. we ran roughshod but we, you talked about that a little <laughs> bit right i mentioned it yeah because it's the prince's stand okay, he's, I'll, I'll he's wait, giving his his moment is well I, all, all that i mean is that you know he he's having this moment as the true prince of no peak where he feels like he can or a true prince of no peak where he feels like he can you know, embrace that sort of cultural social ladder for once and, and kind of see some of the winnings from that and, you know, have an attractive girl be interested in him, not only because he's attractive and like cool, but also pull with family name, which is, you know, in its own right, weird to say out loud, but also for it's weird to not have that as someone who's a part of those families. So I kind of get it. 100%. He's also a horny little teenager. Junie's probably yeah. like super hot. 20 year old. Yeah. Join some celebrity status. Who among us wouldn't? So, you know, I would sort of related to that is my question. He, while thinking about that and like kind of justifying hooking up with Junie, not justifying, but like justifying using his status in a way or profiting from his status in a way, he's like, he suspected that Jaya and Nito got laid more than him. And I thought (laughs) that was so weird. Because yeah. like I was like I've never once thought about how much my siblings got laid. Never, like, I would never <laughs> no. want to think about that ever nope. in my life. And I was like, you know, maybe because I'm not a prince. However, I don't. It's just I was like, bro, what do you mean? You're not a prince, so like, your how siblings down bad don't is he? get laid. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, and that feels more like a symptom of like not using it than anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Like because he doesn't feel like he's on the same playing field with them, right? So he just thinks those kind of things, which I think all tracks. So I, I know we've talked a lot about Tadino. I want to shift over to our other f- guy at the bar here uh, and talk a little bit about Barrow. So Barrow is obviously a big part of the scene. And he gets caught up in the moment of what Tadino believes can be the start of this next clan war. Love the little quote that we get here uh, from him as well. At the age of 40, Barrow had come to the cynical conclusion that he'd always been a piece of detritus tossed about on the tides of fortune. Good luck and bad luck were two sides of the same betting chip thrown carelessly onto a cosmic games table to prolong the inscrutable amusement of the gods. And he was not the only one the gods abused. Even the pillar's son was a pawn to fate. Barrow. He's right. Dis- he is a piece yeah. of detritus and should have been swallowed up by some bottom feeding motherfucker. But you know, that's the way it goes. Garbage floats on. Hey, at least he knows it. True. He's come around to that sort of sense of self awareness. Yeah. At forty. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh man, Barrow's older than me. This guy is fucking. I don't. He's it's weird to think of him as a forty year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still think of him as like a eighteen year old. Was he ever eighteen? No, yeah, he's always <laughs> been like a teenager in my mind, kind of. Mm-hmm. But he's yeah, like he's time... like the sad guy drinking his sorrows at the bar. I have a hard time yeah. aging him up. I feel like yeah, like Hilo. I feel like doesn't age as much, so it's easier. He just has like I feel like he's the kind of guy he stays relatively youthful looking, even though he has like the stress lines around him and the streets of silver now. So I I feel like everyone else I can kind of picture aging up, but Barrow 
just always is that broken faced teenager to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting too because they do describe the broken face as aging him up as that like being something that makes him appear older because he is disfigured. But as such, you know, as a forty year old, he's just kinda kind of stuck in it but he decides you know i think at the very least the way that i read the scene is that barrow does decide and almost warns them gives as much probably forewarning as he could coming to the conclusions of what was actually going to happen and their consequences and realizing you know that maybe he can throw the game a little bit but unfortunately too little too late i didn't really read it that way i read it as taunting like realizing it was too late for him to to escape and that's when he decides to warn him that they got played because it's right as they're running in it's right it's right at the time yeah but barrow doesn't hear that or like you know what i mean like barrow doesn't he's not contemplating that as a part of it i don't know yeah i thought he was actually trying to help him yeah i think he was also trying to help him as well but barrow is always kind of condescending to everybody yeah. So it does yeah. like he, even though he is taunting him, even as he's softly trying to help him. Trying to help him. I, I and saw I it think it was feeling bad it was specifically him. the line of strange kinship because he shot down his uncle. I think that's what gets me to the the belief is that he feels this connection to him and is like, okay, maybe, and that's why ultimately he decides to do. He doesn't have to say anything at any point. Like all that Tadino wants him to do is stand there and make sure they don't leave. And the choice to not do that, I think, is my point of, I believe he was trying to intervene. Okay. But, like, softly. He did, He wasn't, like, fully committed. Yeah. He was like, hey, she's messing with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, he could have ran in there and been like, hey, man, get the fuck out of here. You know? Right. If he was actually going to help. Yeah. But Coben Ashi shows up and he's just a man on fire as predicted, breaks the stool, of course. And to me, that is the thing that I was watching in this whole scene when the fight is going on is when he breaks the leg off the stool. I was like, oh, God, is the stool leg going to come in or the three stools? Is someone going to get impaled? That's where my brain went Mm. when originally reading this scene was was like something bad is going to happen because of the stool which you know keeps your it's it's like a magic trick it keeps your eye off the knife that you knew was there because he has to pull it out to issue the clean bladed duel i have a dumb question is man on fire an expression i thought it was just the denzel movie it is an expression it is an expression i had never heard that besides the denzel movie it's an espresso it's a gutter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're all fired you guys were not pronouncing <laughs> it did gutter. sound like I gutter I heard gutter I, I had a speech impediment I was kicked out of speech therapy for spelling too well. I'm making fun of Thomas I'm making fun of you that's a real story I was kicked out of speech therapy say six six the <laughs> if I say it really slow I six the Bur- someone say burg- six the. burglary for me burglary. and then I can burglary Burglary. 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 Burgle. All right. I did a whole fucking season on (laughs) heists, and I was trying to say burglary all the time, and I can't fucking say it. (laughs) Good work. Cross, when you said impaled, I thought of, like, up the butt, like... Obviously. (laughs) Ooh. No, but, like, red rising. Asshole. Yeah, I know. Not, like, sexually. You're talking about your night. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, Aaron. (laughs) All right. Nobody thought you meant sexually. (laughs) (laughs) 
So mm. we Just we talked clarify. a lot about the duels. <laughs> <laughs> we we talked a lot about the duels and kind of the course of the duel. Rue is really just killing it. Like it's <clears throat> it's a no contest, even though this guy's a gangster. Not really a problem. You know, there's there's a couple of swings that he gets in, but really there's not a whole lot. He almost makes it way unscathed, of course. But Tadino really explains the ire of the clanless, I think, really well here for the first time in a long time and gives it meaning beyond Barrow's just sort of petty revenge that we've other otherwise heard. And especially from someone who's branded, it just kind of, I, I don't know, I think it sings in an interesting way, of course, that gets, you know, put to rest after this. But yeah, for least, all his that. issues, Tadino is a true believer in his cause. Mm hmm. All right. So they go through the duel. Tadino, you know, attempts to surrender. Rue won't stop. Won't be made a fool of because you don't fuck with any call. And this is his moment to kind of prove that, of course. And we get the quote from from Barrow as we flip that page, like Ben had mentioned earlier. Barrow had seen many terrible things in life, but what happened next would never leave his memory. Tadino, panicked, believing he would be beaten to death, tried frantically to push off Rue, shoving at his chest and hips. The bartender's hand fell upon the loosened talent knife sheaf in Rue's waistband. In a flailing, fateful instant, he seized the hilt of the weapon and slashed wildly at the man on top of him. The talon knife caught Rue across the neck, and the fine steel opened the side of his throat. With astonishment, Rue clutched his neck and toppled over onto his side, his mouth opening and closing. Not great. Hearing that again, yeah, I don't, I don't think that would have happened without Rue ignoring the concession. Yeah. This is this is sort of to me, I think this death is not only indicative of of the lack of concession, but as such, I think it places pretty firm blame on Greenbone culture because of the idea that like you don't fuck with any call as though that name is the thing to protect and that honor with the family and like the way that that all layers on top of each other to lead to this moment, I think firmly places the blame greenness on the whole, even for two non green people. Right. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. And yep. Tragic. I think you're right because of this world. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Well, yeah, it's I it's just the world. It's the culture. Right. It's well, I just mean because like family name and wanting to honor your family name isn't strictly a green bone thing, but in this world it seems to be predominantly a green bone thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not talking wider right. honor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough moment, of course. And I have to give credit to the audiobook narrator here. I, we feel each fucking dreadful second of this whole thing, you know, as I think Ben mentioned at the very beginning of this chapter, there's this positive coming up moment for a boy where we feel so much pride and there's swelling and there's speed, there's anticipation. And then the like back three pages of this chapter take what feels like 20 minutes to get out of his mouth because every little bit is so painful to deal with like ashi does a lot of bad in this moment that we witness from barrow's perspective to right the wrongs here Mm -hmm. right like tadino has every single bone in his arms broken one at a time in his legs until he snaps his neck which just takes time junior is sitting there but he can't medically channel like tough (laughs) and channeling can't fix everything Right, yeah. right. He got the artery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tadino is broken so badly. Junie is just sitting there screaming, begging for her life, and then is strangled to death mm. in minutes. Yeah. And that is 
another thing to watch for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's like cuts her or whatever. Doesn't he also? He doesn't snap her neck. Yeah. She suffers. Like knowingly suffers. And strangling like so like personal. Too. Like Yeah, and also it's like twenty of you steal to <laughs> make that like crush your windpipe. Or Twitly, yeah. That's maybe I, he did. It's, it's very interesting. Well, and and a big part of me believes truly in this moment that this is him seeking vengeance for Hilo, right? And that's like making her he's making it yeah. so clear that to anyone who's observing that this was vengeance extracted for the death of Rue, mm. not any sort of slight against him personally. And so I think that's why, despite, you know, love or what have you or affection, you know, for this woman strangles her to death. I have to say, too, that it is always I, I appreciate when things are medically <laughs> accurate. And this is something that, like, a lot of media gets wrong is that strangling takes a long fucking time. It is it is noted as one of the most intimate ways to kill someone. And it takes minutes generally to collapse someone's windpipe enough to <laughs> strangle them. Yeah, and it's like, the, unless you use the strength. Capital S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty disgusting. I wonder if he always wanted to kill her and he finally had a like legal out. I think there's a flavor of that in there. You know, like sure. this bitch keeps mm-hmm. cheating yeah, on me. She does. She's, yeah. But now he has like a good reason or a a way to kill her without consequences. <laughs> yeah, I I think that's certainly a part of it. There's not a healthy relationship to be found between the two of them, I would say. But at the same time, Cross, you brought up him enacting revenge on Hilo's behalf. And I don't know if it's so much that I think that could be a way to read into it. And I I can't argue that that's not a valid read on it. But I think that's also enacting justice against the clanless future movement in general, which affects his clan just as much as it does no peak, like despite what happened to Rue. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking in anticipation of Hilo's wrath doing it Fair. now i saw and, it, and so i saw it kind of like yeah. he he's afraid of Hilo's wrath so he's mm-hmm. like i'm killing these two to save myself from Hilo killing me right yeah and he he does say that for the tadino one specifically at least that he made him suffer as part of like the payback pain for Hilo, pain it mm-hmm. forward and i think like you contrast it with like shay killing marrow it was genuine love, but she, that's a mercy killing, and she does it quickly. And here, because it's like, in theory, this guy loves prolonged, Judy, but it's prolonged as a way because he's an enemy of Nope. He has to make her suffer. So you know how I am not keen to always agree with Cross, but he sold me. I'm on. I'm on that. I'm on that same page. Okay, but I do think that it is also revenge because they. The bombing she killed his help. dad, and he does bring mm. that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is also that component, definitely to yeah. to, to Dino's and like death. Feeling used, he probably felt like an mm. ass for playing. Right, he also into says he was used. Yeah, the hand. The way that Da is used in this world, I think it always makes things with the father hit harder. But it, it makes them seem almost more childlike when they say, "Like mm. he killed my Da." Instead of being like my father or my dad, I don't know why, but it's just like it makes it—it just makes it seem like more raw emotion. 
for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, final thing on this chapter. Dano and Barrow are both let go, but are required to tell the story to everyone they know. Dano, of course, isn't actually let go. He's brought to No Peak, but you know he's effectively being let off the hook for the most part for, for his part here on from Ashi's perspective. So there's a powerful line here, too, I think, as Barrow leaves, that we finally kind of get a reflection again on Barrow as a character. And he did understand with an uncommon clarity that made him want to laugh himself to death and spit in the faces of the gods on his way to hell. It wasn't a purposeful and powerful fortune that had always swept him along in its inexplicable currents that trapped him in suffering, yet in the oddest moments protected him. It was insignificance. And that is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just a fucking cockroach, man. Do you think Barrow tells anyone or does he just like disappear? <laughs> I think I the next chapter specifically. Us. Yeah. He tells oh, policemen he anonymously. Some anonymous person, right? So there's like Barrow's still intertwined. This one mistake of lawn has forever <laughs> tied Barrow to the fate of the call house. Not my pillar. All right. With that, to the last full chapter of the week, chapter 50, Terrible Truths. Hilo wakes with a start as Andon pulls up with a car and delivers the news of Call Rue's death. On the morning of the funeral, Hilo receives the ears of Kobanashi and his fingers for their part in witnessing Rue's death. We then move to Wen's perspective for the funeral, confronting a broken Hilo when a lost prince returns to the family. So there's a slow contemplation of the terrible reality of what's occurred as we enter this chapter. Hilo wakes with a start as he notices that something is just off. Car rounds the roundabout. He sees a figure slumped in the back of the car. It's just all of these slow sort of experiences as Hilo comes to anticipate the pain that is about to be delivered. And as as dumb as it sounds, the Hilo blinked moment feels like a bomb going off, right? We just get this explosion in this man's psyche of the loss once he's actually informed by Andon of the truth of Kalru's death. Yeah, I, I think part of this that hits even harder is he knows because it's Andon that it's going to be really devastating news and he's still not prepared for it. Yeah, like he, I feel like he's doing the math. Like there's only so many things this could be. And then like One you said, PJ, he's still children. just done. Mm-hmm. The thing that got me more than the blinking, which is very powerful, is when he like slumps against the couch. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was yeah. the moment for me too. Just the, yeah. the rawness of that. This guy. That was so tough. Can we give Hilo a fucking break? <laughs> <laughs> All his brothers except for Andon dead. His son dead. It's awful. Yeah, there's there's a lot here. I mean, I the the moment so he, he slouches of course and then we have the the blink shortly before that but the the line the onset of agony was more intense than anything he could have prepared for even after the deaths of his brother and his brothers-in-law yet a small but conscious part of his brain remembered that when was still asleep upstairs in their bedroom and that knowledge alone kept him from waking her by collapsing to the ground and howling like an animal and we, we've seen that twice before you know, and this is just a completely different level of broken man. That part was haunting. Just thinking about him knowing, and when doesn't know yet. He has to go tell her. Has to go tell her. Just like that image that that conjures is just. And he knows that she doesn't have perception, so she can't. Right. She has no. She's sleeping peacefully. She's gonna get blindsided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
anything on the night in the information? Anything else? It it shows even further the trust that Hilo and Andon have built with one another. Mm-hmm. Andon for president. As so, there's two things in this chapter that really get me. So I unexpectedly lost my sister. And it was very similar, like middle of the night type of it was early morning type of thing where like you get the notification and just like the way Hilo reacts is so real. And just like so that's why Cross and I switched formats this week because I I couldn't do it. Oh my god. And it's just so real. Like the writing, it's so Mm -hmm. true to life. Makes you think Fonda maybe has experienced something that lets her see in, in behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a brutal brutal moment for for all of the characters and i think that's why the i i don't i was even like rereading it because i didn't get the notes done yesterday while i was on the plane and i i reread it twice yesterday then i was doing it again this morning and i was reading it all again Torture to put all these yourself. notes together and i started fucking crying again for the third time in two <laughs> days fonda god damn it it's it's a perfectly written chapter to be to be emotionally moving and it just it stings every single time Um, and from all of the different angles of grief it's like each character brings one of the different cycles of grief right Mm -hmm. so like jaya immediately shows up and she's the angry one Um, and so we get we get anger yeah it's beautifully written and none of us are parents but i'm you know the grief of a child dying can't probably be compared to any even the children or the siblings you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i mean Hilo right away is at first he he shows denial you've got anger from jaya you've ultimately got bargaining that that kind of happens on the behalf of Hilo again when he's actually at the grave itself wishing mm-hmm. that he could have done something different you've got depression from when in in the moment and then you get acceptance in the end for very different reasons when when Nico shows up but this whole this whole chapter to me is so brilliantly written because it, it gives us each of those things in different moments in, in different chunks as we experience it with the family as a part of that I want to bring up before we get to the funeral itself the Coben family what do we think of Councilwoman Coben speaking for the family and Hilo's choice of accepting the ears from Kobanashi and the fingers I as well as his decision not to go on a rampage <laughs> everyone's on both sides Everyone's working real hard to not have a clan war again between these two. I just don't think he has the appetite for it at this point. And it'd be nice if there was someone to blame, but that's what's so fucked about this particular situation is not, or well, there, I guess there kind of is, but he's already been punished. So yeah. And death begets death begets death. Right. And, and so begats. it would just, it would probably empty him out more to go, around start killing people i mean it'd be empty it wouldn't bring his son back and they weren't to blame they were also a pawn right and that's what's so tough about this if he's gonna kill anyone he should just go kill all the clanless future guys that's why fonda is very rude for writing these two chapters she's very rude (laughs) also we do get from nico's perspective or but 
when they're being branded, basically saying like, that's not going to help anything or something, right? Mm-hmm. When they're driving yeah. away in the car. And it's like, yeah, if they had not branded them or killed them, you know, there wouldn't be revenge to be had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bastard for a long time. It is the mountain's fault. Yeah. I, I do appreciate the added little note here, of course, that with Tadino, so goes the clanless future movement effectively, that this is basically the end of that as well, because everyone knows that they're on a hair trigger to turn and, and kill them all at this point. And that clan war isn't so easy to incite. Mm-hmm. Anything on the Cobins, though? Does having not a one year, does having one year mean you can't be like a political leader? <laughs> did she cut her? She her, didn't do her off. Just the, no, just okay. she didn't. I, think so. I was assuming they were put up to this by I. Yeah, or like strongly instructed. Well, and consulted with her at least. They're they're they don't want to live their life thinking Hilo's gonna snipe them. They're just like rightfully so shook. And it also there's like the vibe that Hilo would be in the right to take vengeance. Yeah, they didn't protect his jadeless son, you know. Yeah, there's that moment, I think, where they see that there's a seething rage underneath him that considers cutting them all down in in one fell swoop and then instead accepts the ears. Scary as a green bone to have someone who's like, you know is, you know, even, you know, Hilo's older older at this point, but, like, you know this guy is not to be fucked with. And you're mm-hmm. putting yourself at his mercy, and you know he doesn't really have that. <laughs> not known for his mercy. Yeah. It must be so horrifying for them to feel that broiling within him. Yeah. And that's got to be even more intimidating, being able to feel the auras walking towards him. Like not just seeing his stoic face, but just feeling his his anger and his emotions through his jade aura has to be crippling in just in the approach. Yeah. And if they have it's, any heart, like the guilt they feel must be even more amplified. It it's hard not to imagine this day also is this like dark dour day, right? Even though we aren't really given a description, you know, of of what the day is like. Mm. And it's raining in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's hundred and ten percent raining in my mind. It's it's just it's tough all around. I appreciate, of course, that we we are in Hilo's perspective for this moment because we do get all of the auras. But then moving to when for the funeral itself is very interesting because we don't really get a sense of what those emotions look like portrayed on all of these different green bones auras, right? We're, we're kind of muted to that feeling, which also leaves us estranged outside of the physical reactions of the people. Like we would normally perceive them ourselves. Right. So like when says, when looking at Hilo, the warmth in his eyes, his lopsided boyish grin, his magnetic energy, like that of a star burning in the sky, all of it had been snuffed out like a candle. He seemed an inhuman as a marble statue. And powerful stuff, especially considering those same descriptions have been used time and time again throughout this book. But that star burning in the sky is that first description that we get from when she originally falls in love with him at that dinner table right after he leaves. Like, 
there's always been this energy about him and it's gone all this gang shit worth it i don't know it kind of puts everything into perspective yeah it's like maybe you should just be nice country folk what really matters Mm -hmm. settle down buy a farm Mm -hmm. raise llamas yep I think it's also interesting, too, because it makes what happens at the end of this chapter so much more impactful. Mm-hmm. Just like he's so broken. But then by the end of the chapter, which is minutes later, it's like he's he he goes from like broken, beaten down to powerful and resolute. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Ooh, so we get another look to uh, call Juan Rhea uh, and we can see that mirror of pain between Juan Rhea and when. You know, at the very least, Wen has gotten herself involved now, but that doesn't make the sort of kinship as the the sort of, quote, outside woman, quote, being, I think, non-green now in context, any less powerful and having lost sons to the same war and conflict. Or quotes, yeah. You know. Tough. She's like the old grandma in Coco. Except everybody, her whole family died. Coco? Remember me. Spoilers for Coco. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've never seen Coco. It's so good. It's so good. good. Yeah. I've seen it more than once. That's how good it is. Hey, keep getting drunk. Watch Coco. <laughs> <laughs> and cry your eyes out. Yeah. PJ, what were you going to say? Out. That one's emotional. PJ, what were you going to say about Call One? You mean, I didn't have anything you mean specific. Coco? <laughs> Uh, so Hilo says one of the most painful things in wishing that he'd given up Rue to a different family so that he could have lived a different life. And that one, that fucking burns, I think, the worst of most of them. That's when I start like really breaking in this chapter is is that moment in which it's like. It's that bargaining, it's that desperation of wishing for something else. And it's kind well, of a burn this to win. One. Yeah, exactly. Mm hmm. Like, it, all like, I saw was Wen being slighted through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like that. I I knew he was just saying it out of just frustration and grief. and But I was like, oh, come on, man. We don't need all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that I've read so many fucking quotes this week between these chapters. But, you know, as he as he says in that moment, I encouraged him. I gave him as much freedom as I could. I made him believe that he could do great things, accomplish anything he wanted to. Lies. Whether you wear it or not, there's no freedom when you're surrounded by green. I wish I wish he hadn't dueled. I wish he'd been a coward just that once. Pain. Pain. Yeah. Pain. It's like I'm only laughing because it's a Twilight reference. It's like <laughs> do it, with do it, Dakota do it. Fanning. She's the the bad vampire. Pain, and then that's her power. They have powers. I've, oh, Dakota Fanning. I've never seen Twilight. Mm-hmm. <sighs> One of the best she's ever looked. I'm not gonna lie to you. She's pretty hot with red eyes. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, she was and scary. <laughs> Pain. <laughs> I was just, I was simping. I was there. I was like, I'm not scared at all. You're like, you can cause me pain, baby. (laughs) I can change her. (laughs) Yeah, she is hot. So as any good, you know, brother-in-law might do, Woon suggests they leave as they've been standing there for a while in what feels like the pouring rain in the middle of a cemetery next to the graves of Lon and all of the other calls. And they turn 
And we see Nico having returned, changed from his three years, striding back. Uh, he walks up to the grave, you know, kind of first and foremost and says, I'm sorry, Rue. I should have been here for you. We should have gone to college together. I was wrong about so many things. I'm just so damned sorry. <laughs> Nico returning. Is Nico cool now? He kind of got a new vibe to him. Yeah, he has a new like edgy vibe. <laughs> I don't hate it. And I was like, but like I'm cool edgy. Yeah, commits war crimes once. And, he's a new man. And where he he quit the whatever club. The Jim Santos mm-hmm. Club. Yeah, was, and then yeah, he like what things. was just no one knew where he was for a year. Yeah, he's just been traveling yeah, there for ten months. Yeah. What's he been doing? Been know. off? Therapy, hopefully. I'm this curious part, if Hilo knows exactly where he's been. I think through. Hilo knows more than when at least. <laughs> yeah. Like probably maybe not exactly, but I feel like he knows. <laughs> he certainly knows about the war crime. Yeah. He has that in HD. Yeah. Um, I will say the Nito thing got me the most. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's, it's again, very real and very tough. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough to deal with. And I think, I think especially this morning when I was going through the notes, I was so shook that when I wrote my next note, I actually put Rue's name in instead of Nico's. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, just get through it. Just get it done. <laughs> and totally didn't double check. But I, yeah, it's, and it's one of those things too, where you just have this whole like backstory from Jade, Jade war at this point of like them being with each other and being that sort of protector and like the little brother, older brother relationship and then to to see now, it feels like he's missing an arm almost, even though, you know, we're kind of limited in what we've seen in total. It sucks. To close out the chapter, when slaps Nico <laughs> just shortly before he offers up the clean oaths to Hilo and asks to be his son again, as he begins to whip out his talent knife quickly and slice his ear, Hilo grabs it, stops him and says, you never stopped being my son. We all make mistakes, sometimes terrible mistakes we can barely live with, but we learn from them. And maybe, maybe we can forgive each other. So did the ear come off or did he catch it? I don't think it stopped like on the way down. He just got the top. So an ear, you couldn't just go, (laughs) you have to like saw it off or something. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. No, it it would be just one one stroke, but basically as soon as Hilo saw it go, you know, he's Jade Warrior. He caught touched, it. He, yeah, he touched super blade to ear, got a yeah. little slice going because they keep those things sharp. I just didn't know how much of the ear was was Sounds like it's hanging. Okay. No, nah, I think it's just just they, enough to get blood. Yeah. Not like hey, he stapled halfway. it back on. Yeah. Stapled. Like in boxing. Medical staples. Mm-hmm. No, I know, but so do you think this comment from Hilo tells Nico that he knows about what what happened? I, think I took it as the mistake was leaving. Okay. I also took it as the mistake wasn't just leaving, but it was his mistake of killing his mom. I, I think that it was all... Mm. Yeah, I, I think that there's a there's lot a of lot. encompassing emotions yeah. in this moment. Oh, mm. I didn't think about that. Mm. He's like apologizing and forgiving him in one. I'm not used to yeah. Hilo feeling regret. He's saying forgive each other. I was, Killing people. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so interesting. He's, I think he, at the same time, he's saying, I forgive you and asking for forgiveness. For the mistakes I'm, I'm more yeah. proud of Hilo. Yeah. I was already yeah. very proud of him and moved by him and his growth. That's deep. That's yeah, deep. he's he's not he's not pinning this on his son in this moment. He's not pinning this on Nico in the moment. He's opening it up and saying, as a wider thing, not just you and me. This is more of a general yeah. lesson of of forgiveness mm-hmm. and how you approach these things. Good job, Hilo. He's all grown stuff. All right. Anything else on the funeral of Rue? It's sad, but I'm glad Nico did the right thing and came back. Return like Bijen. Mm. Mm. Who is Bijen? Is it when? He who returned. <laughs> he who returned. Who is Azora yeah. High? <laughs> I meant to ask this. I forgot to add Don't it to my stop. notes because I thought of it. But I meant to ask this in... I think chapter 47, when Hilo kneels before Ait, and it's related to this, and I think before Nico left and Hilo forgave him, forgave him, do you think he would have been willing to go to Ait like that, like he does for Shay? Um, I, I think so. What do you think? Probably. I th- I don't think he had a choice. Do we know? Okay. I think I going to I was kind of, growth, of the but... the only way this could have happened, mm-hmm. regardless of his his own sort of stances on things. Okay. All right. That brings us to our last section of the week, the third interlude, the charge of the twenty. Our last interlude of the series, we did our second look at Tall Dusharan. This time, a little more indirectly, as we learn of the charge of the twenty. A heroic but deadly charge led by Tall Du against a heavily fortified Chitarian base. Though he and his men lost their lives, their sacrifice paved the way for the One Mountain Society to take the military base and for the country to break free of Chitarian occupation. A really interesting interlude, just from a history standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it's just like really cool. Wish we'd waste more time talking about it. Yeah, I like this interlude. Learned, learned about. Daddy do. Also, the idea of strapping on four times as much jade <laughs> as yes. you should. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of how this could apply going forward and what sort of situation well, we might find ourselves in. Let me ask you something. Did it already apply going backwards a little bit here? Because so a couple things that we have had, hap- I think, to an extent happened before. We did the cutting of the tums from a mission they think they want to return from, which Hilo and his fists do when they're planning to avenge Lon's death. And then Shay gives them the non-suicidal plan. <clears throat> the second, and I think if you have to squint a bit, but the taking the jade and giving it to the stronger fighter reminded me of Andon taking all of Hilo's jade and using it to kill Ash and his men. Mm-hmm. That's fair. It's pretty badass. And it, if they're all going to die anyways, and if... Me taking your jade makes me as good as two people, then you're yeah, losing less more. lives in the long run. It's just yeah. it seems smart. Imagine those I don't I don't want to call them I don't want to empathize for them too much, but those poor shoddies. Just literal gods descending upon them. Yeah, imagine the 
green bones though you're just like in pure ecstasy right before you die it's like mm. fuck yeah i'm all powerful ah. how do you feel as one of the 60 that got their jade taken it's from just them it's a tough look <laughs> <laughs> Soft. Like, do you do you feel proud for contributing, well, or do you, you feel do you like get your jade back because they all died? And they buried with one. the jade that they took from you. I don't know, man. I'd there's also like, sure, weird, like, it. yeah. I think because it's time of war, there's probably less of that honorific thing going on. But you know, mm-hmm. just as a as a person, you got to be a little like, damn, like number like you know the twenty first person. He's probably like, oof, you know, tough. <laughs> Should have been me. <laughs> Probably would have lived if they picked me. Number twenty one and number eighty, right? Like <laughs> both are in. I feel like eighty's oh, well. like shit. Eighty knows. Twenty one, like <laughs> you know, this is just called you had a drudge with me. He liked the mm. same girl in grade school ever <laughs> ever since. He's been like, fuck this guy. Was it called Rhea? <laughs> and then I don't. This might just be me misreading things. I always interpreted the Tall Dushran Academy as being a symptom of the split between Ait and Tall Sen, and that they built that, like, yes, to honor Tall Du, but also kind of because they needed a second Greenbone facility. And then here it's like Ait Udantin's like, we're going to build this to honor Tall Du, and it happens before the split. Or does this cause the split? Does that, like, is it one and the same? Like, no. They disagree no. with how. No, definitely does not I cause mean, the split. I, you could argue, like maybe if Call Du was around, he would have been able to prevent the split because he's more of a like. Maybe he would have been able to talk his father down or something, and we see clearly that this is the beginning of making Call Sen broken. Hmm. Yeah this this isn't this definitely isn't the cause of the the split no, between the two. That was that was the decision regarding Jade in general that caused the clans to split. But this is, if anything, to me, this is more of a, a like, it's you know. like they're boys. Because Ait mm-hmm. Udantin speaks at the funeral, just Paul Sentant. Right. Which, okay. you know. No quote, give me, touch, 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 give me two seconds. At the very least, Hilo can kind of speak at Maru's funeral. Wish you hadn't brought it there. That's tough. Now I'm depressed. The comments about <laughs> Call Du's broken body being hung from the top of the fortress was kind of tough i had to to rewind it to make sure i heard it properly i'm like oh no i feel like that didn't hit me and that might just be because of like history and braveheart like that just felt like you have to like that's that's what you do Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's normal but it's still it is it is sad for the kids tough for his family yeah it is tough for all you know yes so I have the quote here. At Call Du's belated state funeral, his grief-stricken father declined to speak, asking his comrade Ait Udantin to do so in his place. Good men are remembered with love by their friends, declared the spear of Taitan. Great warriors are remembered with awe by their enemies. Struck me as kind of a fucked up thing to say at a funeral. <laughs> I, don't know, like, I don't know if that hit how he wanted. Yeah, I agreed. I was like, eh. They're all warriors, though, so it speaks, and they just won a war. Just be a, a soft war. modern green bones. Seems like something Call Sen would appreciate. He's a war, mm-hmm. a war guy. Yeah, and they were fighting <laughs> for something guy. greater than they freed their country. And it's like you know his children don't remember him, so he is correct. 
Mm-hmm. And the shoddies are afraid of tall to this day. Shoddies like a melody in my head. God, I knew it was coming. It was in my head too. <laughs> oh, shit. You ever see something spring to life wow. on someone's face? I've watched that happen. Nice. Is that like OG first Jason Derulo? One of his first hits? No, no way. He's been around. That's all be. I got for this week. Fantastic. All right. Well, we've got two pieces of closing thoughts here. We got the classic, Who Won the Week? I am once again unprepared to answer. <laughs> God, you know it's coming. <sighs> Barrow. <laughs> Barrow. <laughs> Grudgingly. We banned him from winning after the. <laughs> I don't know who else we can say. Rape. Nico, oh, I guess. Hilo, kind of. We had a lot Hilo of loss. went through a lot. Oh, I know who won. I know. I know. Pick hmm. me. Vin. Aaron. Aaron. Oh, Sniper. Vin? Sniper dude. Yeah. Mm. Fucking killed it, literally. Nico. <laughs> I think I one. Came back. He's got a new look. He's an edgelord now. Yeah. Cool to me, I, I feel like a cool edgelord. <laughs> All of those. He's he's so just Barrow's graduated the post. cool edgelord. <laughs> Nico's yeah. the cool edgelord. Just post Malgoth. Well, Nico was always an edgelord, but he was kind of annoying edgelord for a while mm. there. <laughs> now he's a cool edgelord. Could we say that Dudo Edge wins the Lord. week for going to therapy? I was saying gutter, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Dudo for therapy? All right. I could take Dudo for therapy. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, truly, I think no one won the week. I think <laughs> yeah, everyone just, fucking lost. That was pretty tough. Yeah. We certainly did. I think I won. We certainly did not. I, no, we lost. I, what did I didn't lose anything? She, I gained. She gained a friend. She paid off a debt. Yeah. And you got to think the Tobins are even more like in their place because they can't afford to do anything crazy now. Right. Mm-hmm. But she already put, took them to task and then they fucked up even worse. All right, cool. I'm in on those. The final thing that I want to ask, of course, is a little bit different. We know that this, we've told you that this is the final interlude of the book, right? So it means we're approaching part three. This is the the full-on, or part four, rather. This is the full-on end of the novel. We only have two episodes remaining. I just want to ask kind of generally, I'm not going to hold you to anything crazy like a prediction, but where do you think the story goes? What do we have left that you want to see resolved? They all become friends mm. and old hands, and everything is happy and hunty dory from here on out. Thomas, you stole mine. Gort. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Unironically, <laughs> I'm going to make an argument for that. Um, I think we're going to reveal that the Espenians on that island have nefarious plans for the clans, and the clans will come together, and much like that charge of 20 will drive the Espenians out of their country and go back to the One Mountain Society. I don't know. Can I take your words and run with them? Yeah. You're predicting Espenians invade. Well, there's something happening. There's some okay. some deal with the Espenians on that island, right? That the, do, you think, uh, do you think my friends Gallo and Birdland come back up? Mm, I hope so. I don't remember at all. I hope so, all. too. I think that Mata is gonna betray all of our trust in some scenario and 
kill someone. One of the calls. We're gonna be like, what the fuck? I, and then we're going to come down from the mountain and kill her back. And then mm-hmm. make peace with the Cobans. They take over and then we're happy moving forward. The future looks bright. I do feel like Hilo's going to die by the end of the book. I just think we're too warm and fuzzy towards I Mater right now. And she's a bad guy. She's a show that she's still a bad guy. Got it. I liked what PJ was putting down though. But do you think there's something going on there? We could get a charge of 20 or a coming together of some sort. Let's pick more than 20. Right, we'll see. <laughs> they have a that lot is of why, now, so. Yeah. That is for the record why I included why we included this on this week was because this is the predication of, you know, where we're going, what's going on for this final section. I have a All question. Right. Yeah. Based sort of on that. So when I when Shay goes to the mining facility, there's like a safe distance you have to be away from the jade, right? The, the uncut jade, at least. So if they were, which I don't think they would because it's too valuable and critical to their culture, but could they use jade as like a bioweapon almost and like drop it into places and just, I guess it's too limited a range. I was just thinking like weaponized jade is like fucking people up, giving them the itches. Pulverize it. Just dust it. Aerosolize it. Damn. Damn. We know that works. I, I accidentally committed a war crime this week. <laughs> Turns out you did. Next week is our eighth and penultimate episode, just like the penultimate peril from a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Tattling chapters 51 through 57. So that wasn't that's... Notes. <laughs> So that's where we'll leave you for this week. Uh, but before we, you know, say other things, uh, the song, by the way, is a Replay by Iaz, uh, in case anyone was wondering. Also, iPad or iPod forever immortalized at the, is like the second lyric of that song. So rip <laughs> iPods. <laughs> so that's where we'll leave you for this week. <laughs> Thank you, as always, to Tim and Andrew for helping us make the show happen. Check out the links in the show notes where you can find our Patreon, previous episodes, websites, social media accounts, all in one easy, convenient location. I know what Aaron's going to say. I just know it. I know what Aaron's going to say. Rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we'll strangle you to death. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I was thinking Jade Bath. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you wanted me to say, I was trying to say what you didn't want me to say, because that's... Mm. I am as a person. That's fair. I was I was <laughs> gonna say break all your arms and legs. We'll secretly plot Ooh. to have you your island. Have a case of kind of mistaken identity. We'll get mm. you a make out, but yeah. then you die with blue we'll balls. Send, yep. You know, a bad bitch. Make out we'll a little bit of hand way. stuff and then you die with blue balls. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so just no. do five stars and, and gasping like a fish. Must be much easier that oh. way. Brutal. See you next week. Bye. Bye. I don't know if we'll see them. I think we'll <laughs> Let's go get donuts. Fuck. <laughs>